In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey.
Guys, welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. This is Ryan Bailey. This is your Friday episode. Uh, we have made it through another week, folks. I am so thrilled that we have made it through another week. Uh, I have a co-host with me. My dog, Brooklyn, is laying at the foot of the bed. She's giving me a look like, why are you making the voices again? I've got to, uh, I, uh, my ex is out of town, so I, I get to watch her all week and it's just, it's, uh, it, like, it's just amazing. It's just, you, you see him grow up and you just love it. <laughs> um, so you guys, a, a couple of show announcements. I think, well, I don't, I mean, I'm going to four episodes a week. That's why I didn't, um, release yesterday, even though I did a great episode over at Pink Shade with Aaron Martin. It's like, we do a full Jersey recap. We talk about Salt Lake, but more importantly, it was just fun. I think you'd laugh a lot. And, uh, those ladies are both really great over there. So check that out. There's always plenty of crap with me in it anywhere. If you're ever, I don't, I can't imagine anybody's, anybody is missing something. You know, I'm just saying I can be found, but I think I have to go to four days a week. I don't know which day to take off. I took off Thursday this week, but I want to make it a set schedule so you guys can um, be aware. Uh, I know, um, I know it's really important to release on the same days uh, for especially for podcasts because people really get into the habit of that. And I totally get it. The reason I will be going down to four days a week. And and even as I say this, I'm like, well, but maybe sometimes I'll do five. I don't know. Uh, But you know what? I should just do it over on the Patreon if I release a fifth. Yeah. Don't worry, you guys. I'm just thinking out loud. Um, is because I'm launching a YouTube channel. I think I mentioned this a couple times. Uh, so if you go to youtube.com forward slash so bad, it's good with Ryan Bailey, you'll see a YouTube page pop up. Now you'll see the logo. It is kind of under construction. You'll see a lot of my old sketches from like a show I did called a sketch show I did. That won't make sense if you start at season three. You'd have to start at season one. And who wants to even do that? But anyways, I got to change all of this stuff tomorrow and make playlists so that gets off the main page. There'll be an introduction video that I think me and Medizo will be posting tomorrow at some point. And then next week, you're actually going to see uh, a Bravo Liberty on the YouTube page. So you'll you'll have a couple ways to listen to it. I appreciate if you listen to them both or at least act like you did. Um, you'll be able to listen to the audio version and then you'll be able to see a uh, video ver- a YouTube version of it with, uh, you'll, you know, listen, I love that. I'm, <laughs> it's like 10 30 at night and I can't, I can't explain what a moving image is. There will be a image. You can see my mouth move. And what's fun about this image is you'll be able to see kind of my face very puffy and potentially bright red because of the 
uh, staph infection I gave myself last week. Everything is much more under control, except my neck now is is having a rash presently. Like, did I just become the rash guy all of a sudden? Like, is that just later in life? He, later in life, Ryan discovered he was the rash man. <laughs> but anyways, it is Friday, you guys. Are you, do you got like insane plans on the weekend? What about you? Are you, are you set? Like, it is kind of nice. I don't, and I hesitate to say this because we're kind of still in a pandemic. I don't know. I don't know where we are in terms of the pandemic, but it's, you know, knock on wood. Is, is, are they, do things feel like a little bit more normal or is that just me? I stay inside the house most of the time, but it kind of is like it's the night. The weather is so nice in Los Angeles right now, and I have my dog, and I just I, – I, I don't know. I'm just kind of – I went out to that Super Bowl party on Sunday where I saw Sonia Morgan drunk, and that was really nice. And I was like, God, you, when, when you're in home locked up, you always think, I do not want to leave home. But then you get out there, and you see other people, and you see somebody smile or having a good time or something, and then it just – you're like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, this is, oh, going out, yeah, that's oh, that was fun sometimes. I don't know. So I hope you guys are going to have a killer weekend. Uh, I Please, if you do anything crazy, let me know. So bad it's good with Ryan Bailey at gmail.com. Uh, please leave positive reviews on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can do it on both. Hey, I'm that I'm willing to cheat. Let's do, let's leave a review on both. Who knows? Let's go crazy with it, you know? Um, so things are moving forward. I'm very excited about a couple things I have in the works. Uh, and next week is an insane lineup. I'm telling you it is insane lineup. Um, and just make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you tell a friend about it. Make sure you tell your family, you know, what I like to picture is just families gathered around a hearth, a fire, if you will. And uh, just a fire crackling and, you know, maybe a nice Chablis poured and, of course, sparkling apple cider for the kids. And you guys just listen to this as a family. Like, I think I know this show in particular brings families together. Uh, I hate to even start this with such alarming news, but I, I have to because I genuinely care about my audience. And I hate to be the bearer of just really alarming, scary news. If I have any listeners out there in Chicago right now, I need you to sit down, stop what, if you're in a car, pull over, uh, and, and also bring your whole family in because everybody needs to hear this if you live in Chicago. So we got word today. Tristan Thompson has been playing with the Indiana Pacers for the last five games. He is now being traded to the Chicago Bulls. So you guys in Chicago, I need you to pack up your things and move this weekend. You can't risk being around that man. He will try to sleep with you. And I think he might have some kind of hypnotic power that you will be forced to sleep with him. And then you will end up having a child. And that is just something we can't do right now. We don't have the time for it. So I just want to have everybody in Chicago know, you know, it's like if you see something, say something, you know, report it to your local police, report it to me, report it to just you got to let people know this man is coming and this man 
I don't even think he wears pants anymore. That's I, he, it's like, and I, we know he doesn't wear condoms. So I, I just, I'm so nervous about my Chicago friends right now. And it's, it's just, they've been through so much and they're just coming off a brutal winter. And then to have a Tristan Thompson come to your town, I just, I just hope there still is a Chicago after next year. You know what I'm saying? I feel like he could decimate and then properly repopulate the population of Chicago if he does what I think he will do, which is try to sleep with a good majority of Chicagoans. Is that what you call it? Chicagoans? Hmm. Interesting. Uh, speaking of Chicago, I watched Ferris Bueller's Day Off the other day. What a great movie that is. It takes place in Chicago. A lot of John Hughes films. He's the director of Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Weird Science, Breakfast Club, 16 Candles. Uh, then he went on to do like Home Alone and stuff, and he tragically passed away of a heart attack, which is so sucks because he was just so amazing and what a quintessential 80s filmmaker. But uh, there's some great shots of Chicago and Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Um, I'm not, you know, speaking of my butt, my best friend, Dusty, I think I've talked about him a lot on the show in the past. Um, his, his, uh, his dad is, is, has, is very ill. So I'm going to be going back to Arizona on Monday to help him. Uh, I, I think pack up his family's house a little bit, which is, uh, it'll be wild, but th- you know, that's the other thing too. And I like to just share with you guys before we get into the craziness of all the pop culture and real housewives of Orange County recap, because you guys Noella is driving me insane. This Noella, you know what we need to do? We need to introduce Noella to Tristan Thompson, get her off our hands. I just think she needs another rich dude or something. Like, she is annoying. I'm Noella. It's so just... But anyways, <laughs> one of the weird things about getting older is that just we uh, obviously get older uh, and we watch our bodies and looks completely fall apart. But it, it's that then you go through these big life events. Like, I, I mean, I've known Dusty since high school. Uh, he was like my older brother. He was he was a bunch of years older than I was, but he kind of took me under his wing when I moved from Kansas to Arizona. And you know, we have remained very close ever since. But it's like you can just remember all those conversations you had. Like we did theater together and stuff and all those conversations about getting older. I remember Dusty said he thought he would – he's like, only the good die young. He thought he was going to die really young and now – he just didn't, <laughs> which I will need to point out to him at some point. But um, it's just weird because you you remember these conversations and you're like, oh, my God, I'm at the point where we talk about having those conversations in the past. I know this is all like to the people listening that are older than me, potentially. You're like, no shit, Sherlock. But for me, it, it's kind of mind blowing. And you really just pay attention to all of those things or it kind of runs through your head like a loop of everything that you're like, you know, your dad says like, you know, at certain ages in your life when I was like 25 and I'm like, I'm getting older. He's like, you don't even know old son. And then same thing at 30, same thing at 35. And, um, it's just wild. I was also thinking about this because unfortunately, uh, Kanye West, I know I've talked about him a lot this week, but, uh, you know, bear with me. He's kind of at the forefront of pop culture right now because he just won't shut up and he just yells so loud. But 
I watched that first part of the Netflix documentary on Kanye West called Gene Yus. It's spelled uh, J-E-A-N, Yus. It's three parts. The first part was an hour and a half. Excellent. It, you know, it starts, this guy, Cootie, met Kanye in Chicago before he was really anybody, when he was just kind of making beats. And he decided to follow Kanye. And you see this guy. It's a very charming story that I think would have really even moved me more and inspired me more if I didn't know where this story headed. Like, you know, I know where the story heads, you know, and I know where it is now, which I find very tragic and sad. Um, but this is so inspiring if you didn't know all of that stuff. Because this man, Kanye, was like told no again and again. Or, you know, he was making good beats, but nobody believed in him as a rapper. And he had to believe in himself. And you're like, yeah, I mean, that's what he does. He tells everybody he's a genius. But like, this is back before even that. So he just really, it was kind of this, uh, I hate to use the word humble around Kanye, but he was like, no, I can do it. I can do it. And constantly being told no there's a fascinating scene where he goes into rockefeller records jay-z and damon dash's imprint at the time and he is literally playing them his song and rapping uh <laughs> rapping it for them and you can tell like they're just not interested he's going from room to room going like yo yo i'm gonna i want to rap for the you know like just going like just doing everything and i think about all the times in my life and maybe you guys have thought about these times too of like all the times you didn't go for gold you know you you held back you hid and this guy's out there going like no 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 and like he was seeing people not interested but it didn't deter him and there's so much good in that there's such a really great lesson in there. I just hate how it's all turned out because this behavior on Instagram, we've spent another day or two with him deleting Instagram posts after even posting. He's obsessed with Pete Davidson and Saturday Night Night Live. He even did a post against Lorne Michaels, who is the head of SNL for the last, you know, for 50 years now or however long it's been on. And he's like, Lorne, I'm coming for you next. Like you're threatening Saturday Night Live? Like, literally, Saturday Night Live isn't even really that funny anymore. Like, you can leave it alone. It's okay. It employs Pete. But, like, you're giving Saturday Night Live so much heat where it's, like, it's not even cutting-edge comedy. And you're treating it like it's, like, the motherland of some sort. Like, he's really coming out against Saturday Night Live. And you're like, oh, shit, thank God Mad TV isn't on anymore. Kanye would freak. But his thing today was that he was upset uh with Pete Davidson because a couple of years ago he uh, did a weekend update sketch uh, where he said uh, it was about Kanye. He said, you know, Kanye, take your meds. I take meds. It's all good. You know, he's out there saying like, this is the real me. This is the real me. Kanye's saying, this is the real me. Take your meds. And then Pete said, you know, if I was on a flight and before we took off, the pilot said, yo, I just want everybody to know that this is the real me flying I would leave. I would jump out of the plane, you know? Um, and it was actually very funny. And I also think there's a a legitimacy that you can speak about these things. If you're actually going through these things yourself, Pete actually struggles with mental health as well. Um, now, I incorrectly wrote that he had bipolar disorder when that is not uh, true. It's uh, B, uh BPD, borderline personality disorder, I believe I was corrected today. And that's a very... 
great correction that I, but, but Pete understands having to take meds and ha- having to get things under check and, and how it really is a constant uh, thing that you have to, to keep up with. Like I always talk about on the show, it's like going to the gym or it's like doing that thing, you know, or even like putting gas in your car and making sure the oil's filled. You just want to be able to run your body and mind the way it is, you know? And so I've been reading up a lot on um, what Kanye has. And, you know, I'm trying to actually get, if anybody knows a really great person that is qualified uh, that actually knows pop culture that can actually talk or speak knowledgeably about what Kanye's diagnosis is and how, you know, I, I'm just looking for a different lens to look through it at because it's getting to a point where I'm getting so infuriated because really what I'm trying to decipher what is his disorder and what is him just being a cocky asshole. And just having like, because you watch this documentary and you're just like, man, he really did make all his dreams come true. But then what if you go to the end of that and it's like all the, all that glitters is not gold. All that glitters is not reality. Like, you know, he got all of this stuff and look, it's still empty. He doesn't have his family anymore, supposedly. That's what he keeps saying. Like, we need to bring our family back together. And I just feel like that's disingenuous, too, because there are so many amazing families, so many nuclear families, so many amazing families that don't have the mother and father together. They don't even sometimes have two parents at all. And you can have a very healthy, happy family even if the two parents aren't married any longer. And I I just hope that we get to a point where for them, and this is so silly to care about billionaires this way, I realize. But you also think, you know, this can affect a lot of other people or people can actually, since they do have such power in the media, people could actually take inspiration from this. All of a sudden, you don't want a bunch of dudes fighting their exes because they saw Kanye do it. Like, it's creep. It's just gross. And with the Pete thing, I, I, I say like, you know, he's literally trauma bonding Kim to Pete. But at a certain point, my friend also pointed out to me, Pete does have to worry about his own mental health. And like, she was kind of like, I don't know why. I mean, it's really dangerous to like for him to even stay with Kim at this point. I mean, it's just getting it's it's just getting weird. And, and if Kanye, for some reason, is mentally unwell during this, it, it does feel very um frantic and uh you know having an episode but i can't tell i mean i can't tell what's an episode anymore and what's just kanye because it does seem like he is this way a lot um and the other thing that impressed me about the documentary but scared me was that this is a dude that was used to working 24 7 all the time he was always just hustling he was hustling and i don't mean hustling in the sense of like yo look at me like he was making beats he was doing rat like he was just working all the time so this dude from a very young age is used to this frantic lifestyle and sometimes that is not um good for a family And I think that's what Kim was kind of alluding to in the Kardashian episodes, too, of like Kanye is moving from state to state. You know, this isn't a stable home environment. Uh, Kim, for if like I always say, if you love her or hate her, she does provide a some sort of stability for the kids. I don't think anybody can argue that. And she's not participating in this, even though Kanye is posting. (laughs) He posted and deleted all of the text messages 
she sent him, but I don't know. Okay. I'm going to get off that, but it's just one of those fascinating things because I get really nervous about it. Um, because we've seen scary celebrities before and, and at the same time, even if he's having a manic episode or something, if something goes wrong and somebody gets hurt, it's not just like, well, he had a manic episode. That's not the real him. Like people can get real, real hurt. And you know, like I, I just hope that he's not too big where somebody like when you're that big, do you even have people that are, you know, I was just talking about my friend Dusty or like, I trust him. If he says, you know, he's, there's been a couple of times in my life when he's like, yo dude, you're on the wrong track. Like this is, you know, and I've been able to look up to him or listen to him. And I just wonder if Kanye has anybody like that anymore. Like if you're a billionaire and you did make all of your dreams come true, who the hell are you going to listen to? And you know, you're like, oh, God. But unfortunately, I don't think God is directly talking to Kanye, even though he might tell us uh, he is. Also, uh, he announced uh, just about an hour ago that Donda 2, which is coming out February 22nd, supposedly produced by Future, the rapper, um, it is only going to be available on Kanye's stem player. And now... Um, I don't know if you follow me on Instagram, my nephew, Connor, AKA watermelon got a stim player for Christmas and it's actually a really neat little thing, but it's very impractical. I, I, I don't know what the benefit of just releasing the album on a stem player is, but basically you can upload a song to it and then you can take the stems or like little pieces of, so I could do all vocals or I could do the vocals in the baseline or I could do the vocals and the orchestration, or I could take down the vocals and just leave the orchestration. Like it's really actually neat if you're into music in a very deep way. And it, I could, I could imagine that it would really inspire a lot of kids to make beats and, and stuff like that. But to release a full album only on the stem player, when most people don't even know what a stem player is, you're asking people to spend $200 to listen to Donda 2. So I guess Kanye's, Kanye's in his elitist phase. Um, I mean, this is the same shit as Yeezys, you know, it's like I couldn't afford Yeezys. And uh, I can't, you know, like, I'm not going to buy the stem player, even though you know your boy desperately wants a stem player now. Um, and by the way, I listened to Donda, the deluxe edition today. Because I want to like, I really hate Kanye's behavior and he's very infuriating. And I really do take it personally because I've been there from day one as a fan. It's like the same thing with like Real Housewives of Orange County, which we're going to talk about in a second. I've been there since day one. I watched the first night OC was on. So I take this shit personally because I've invested my life just like we all out there have invested our lives. Just like you're investing a little, little tiny piece of your life by even, a, you know, a letting me into your ears. And that's such a thing that I would never want to screw up. And I think about it all the time and not like a cocky way, but I didn't just say, I hope I can, um, I hope I can be okay for them. I hope I can provide them with something that they will want to come back and that, you know, there's this very kind of like familial thing that I think happens when you exchange personalities or tell somebody about yourself or your opinion on something. The Kanye thing frustrates me though, because I have been a day one fan and I, I went back and listened to Donda, the, which this is, this will tell you why it already is a very troubled album. The deluxe edition of Donda uh, is two hours and 11 minutes. And I listened to all of that today while I was working and uh, looking at my dog. 
And uh, it's just so bloated. Like, it could have been an amazing 45-minute album. But also, there's just no joy in that music anymore. Like, it's some really amazing beats, some really moving things. Uh, Life of Pablo is very intense as well, but there's some joy in there. Donda, to me, his newest album, you guys, is just very... Not industrial dark, but just dark. Obviously, you can tell he's a very troubled person. But if you compare that to the college dropout or even late registration, I mean, God, remember when we were all bopping to Gold Digger? I worked at a nightclub at that point, And on a Saturday night when Gold Digger would come on, the first three months it was out, people would lose their shit. Like, I would lose my shit, and I was working. It was just the funnest song. Like, it was so fun. It was so full of joy, even though it was talking about a gold digger. But a lot of Kanye's earlier music was so full of joy, was so full of just it got you dancing. It made you feel good. It it, it wasn't light because it was talking about heavy themes, but it was heavy themes told to you in this kind of really beautiful, fun way that got you moving, which kind of endeared you even more to hear the messages he was trying to say, if that makes sense. But now it just feels very dark and the messages really aren't there. It's definitely, you know, personal in that I think he alludes to the Kim divorce and Donda and and cheating and stuff like that. But it's just, uh, it doesn't seem like he's making a lot of, uh, macro points about the world anymore like uh you know if you think about jesus walks or family business those songs on his first album were kind of talking about these these certain issues that people go through and now his album's like kind of it feels like very certain issues he goes through and a lot of us can't relate to a billionaire anymore that's married to kim kardashian and I don't know if he's out of touch with that, what the world actually is anymore. I know I've just gone on way too long about this, guys. I'll put a timestamp uh, that you guys can skip past this because I know people are just so sick of Kanye. But I really, I really, en- I don't know if I enjoy talking about it, but I, I need to talk about it because I get so frustrated in my head when I see the shit he's pulling now. It's just like when you see a family member go down the wrong way repeatedly and you're like, where, you know, and it is very sad his mom died, but it's like, there's no, like his mom would smack the shit out of him. His mom's in this documentary on Netflix and she is a lovely woman. You can see, of course, why she would be missed so much. But also you can see that she raised him right. So he knows that this is wrong. But I think when you just have that much ego and that many yes people around you, I don't know. It's uh, it's wild. Uh, and also it's all the whole the whole thing like now we have julia fox in our lives from uncut jams that was i told you guys julia fox of course was uh kanye's two-month quote-unquote girlfriend or whatever we're calling her she's really enjoying the uh 20 minutes or 15 minutes of fame she's on the magazine cover of the cut this week with her friends on dirty snow if you guys have seen it you know what i'm talking about but that was it. She did that call her daddy interview and she said she was asked what a muse was. She was like, well, a muse, you know, I was Josh Safdie's I was Josh Safdie's muse on Uncut Gems. She's saying Uncut Gems, but she's saying it with such a vocal fry that she's like, Uncut Gems. Uncut Gems. Uncut Gems. Uncut Gems. I was Josh Safdie's muse on Uncut Gems. Uncut Gems. 
Say it. It's fun to say. It really is fun. Anka Jams. Anka Jams. I was just news on Anka Jams. And page six did a supercut of people doing the Anka Jams um, because it's now probably going to become a TikTok craze, which we are just so stupid as a society nowadays. Because, of course, why wouldn't it become a TikTok uh, phrase? Which, by the way, the other TikTok craze that I hate is that drop it like just out of like in the middle of the war, somebody drops it, drops it like it's hot, like it's hot. But I don't hate it because I, I mean, that's a funny idea, but I hate it because I saw David Bedore do it. David Bedore, uh, Shannon Bedore's ex-husband has released a couple videos. One of him at uh, on the on the Super Bowl uh, on the field and he just drops it. And each time I feel like he's about to shit his pants or like have a stroke. He's just like, like I get nervous every day. You guys got to watch it. It's so bizarre. I think best of Bravo has it on her IG account, but it's like every time I'm like, is somebody going to help David? He looks like he can't get back up potentially. Um, so TikTok crazes are just like, Oh, okay. But if we're going to make uncut jams, a TikTok craze. Yeah, but anyways, page six did the super cut, and I think it was comments by celebs reposted. Julia Fox goes, oh, my God, you guys. LOL. Leave it alone. I was just high during the interview. And I'm like, oh, my God, Julia, you are so cool. You were just, like, high during a podcast talking about Anka Jams. You know, whether it be guy or girl, I always talk about the cool thing with you guys is that don't buy into cool. Don't. You know, don't like Jolly has a cool check. She gets it. She gets the vibes, you guys. She gets she got vibes. Alanka Jones, we did vibes. Like just who the guy who gives a fuck? Sorry. Kick the kids out of the car. Hey kids, it's Ryan. It's your uncle. It's your crazy uncle Ryan. I said a bad word. I'm sorry. Um but you know what I'm saying? It's frustrating. Like when you're so busy trying to be um somebody cool, somebody feeling vibes, somebody that can handle it. To me, having read so much about celebrities and seen so much about celebrities and all of this stuff, it kind of reeks of this desperation of trying to hang on desperately. But like I've always talked about this week, what are you putting back out into the world? What are we getting from Julia Fox? What are we getting? A cool chick? I got jams. That's fun. We got that. She wore that black eye makeup that kind of scared me. It was like the antithesis of euphoria makeup, which is very glittery. But what do we got? Like, I got jams. I loved her in that movie. I told you that. But that was like three years ago. What are we getting from Julia Fox? What do we get? Like her podcast? <laughs> Fuck podcasts. <laughs> I really appreciate you guys letting me think through this with you guys. Okay, so that's it. Okay, we're off the Kanye stuff. But real quick, let me just check Instagram and see if he's posted. Oh, he did. He has. <laughs> okay. Okay, here we go. He posted another. Donda 2 will only be streaming on my own platform, the Stem Player. Okay, that's the same. You can download new music from stemplayer.com. You can play four different elements of the track. Vocals, drum, bass, and music. That's what I told you guys. It also has an MP3 player available, so like an old like uh, iPod. You guys remember this? We currently have 67,000 available and are making 3,000 a day. Go click the link in my bio to purchase. God. For the love of money. Wee. 
Okay, that 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 is the official end of the Kanye section. I just like to go a little long with these. Uh, obviously, I, I was hoping this was going to be an hour, but it's probably going to be an hour and a half. So just buckle in, you guys. We're all going to be we're all going to be good. We'll get we'll get out of this alive because I got to talk to you about the OC uh, episode. It it's just I'm I was talking to I was talking to Hollaback. Uh, cards. You guys, you guys know Danielle Hollaback cards. She was saying she loves OC, and I was like, I love OC too. But then you talk like Chris and Grace Snow was like hates OC, but Chris and Grace Snow only hates OC because Vicky and Tamara aren't a part of it. Like I really dig OC this season. I don't know, but also I don't care if that's a cool opinion or not. I just actually really enjoy it. I love to hate Noella, and so it's got that off the like you know i love to hate lisa renna i love to hate noella and lisa renna kanye can i have a don dustin player for harry <laughs> harry can we make your boy an and play on kanye's stem <laughs> my worst nightmare would be to listen to um donda's uh, sorry, Brooke, my dog just flipped me up. Uh, Donda's, uh, <laughs> the extended cut, the two hour and 11 minute and just watching Lisa Rinna, uh, dance through the whole thing with those, like, when she's like, uh, trying to be sexy. I'm trying to dance sexy with Donda. <laughs> um, this is so stupid, you guys. Oh, this is interesting. Brad Pitt sues Angelina Jolie. You secretly sold our winery to a Russian oligarch. I mean, if we had a nickel for every time an ex of ours sold a winery to a Russian oligarch, you know, we'd be millionaires. But yeah, I guess Brad Pitt says Angelina Jolie double-crossed him by secretly selling her interest in a winery they jointly owned to some Russian oligarch, and now he's suing her to undo the deal. So Brad owned 60% of this. She owned 40 of the $28.4 million purchase price, which uh, it has very much increased in value since, and they actually had their own winery. Um, but this is one of those couples. I was talking about Brad Pitt earlier this week because I was like, I love that I don't know a lot about him. So this is something that I would prefer not to know, but now that we know it, it does bring up this Angelina Jolie thing. Like, it seems like this will never go away. So, and we, I, wait, wait, if you can listen closely, you can hear my dog snoring. Oh, I think she stopped because she heard me. Oh. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? <laughs> Do you guys hear that? It's so cute. I wonder if my dog ever listens to me snore and go, oh, my God, it's so cute when Ryan snores. Um, the Brad Pitt, Angelina Jolie divorce has been going on, what, for like five years into this thing? But we will never know. I talked about this like the first year of the podcast a lot is that I always wanted to write like one act plays of what I think happened on these events. Like, you know, the Beyonce and Jay-Z in the elevator with Solange when Solange supposedly slapped the shit out of Jay-Z because she found he found out because it was discovered that he was cheating on Beyonce and then Beyonce made the amazing Lemonade album. But like, I would love to write a one-act play of that elevator ride. But the same thing is on that private jet. I don't know if you guys know, but you know, it's not even rumored, but whatever happened on the private jet between Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie and the kids, supposedly 
because now Brad Pitt doesn't drink anymore. Supposedly he was like wasted and he was, uh, he, I guess, was in a habit of drinking. Supposedly, allegedly, I think raised a hand to one of the kids when he was wasted on the private jet. And then from that day on, their relationship was done. But we never got official word on what happened. But those are the kind of pop culture things that I like, I need to know. Just like I'd posted this the other day, this happened in October of last year and it's been buried completely. Zayn Malik from One Direction, remember like the thing with Gigi, uh, with, with, uh, yeah, Gigi Hadid and, uh, her mom, Yolanda, supposedly Yolanda had went into their house and something and, and Zayn allegedly got physical with Yolanda and called her, uh, called her a Dutch slut. I, I, I wish I was making that up, like, but it's so specific, like, and then that was like all the rage in terms of like pop culture story for like four days. And then it's done a pretty good job of disappearing, which I always wonder if that got made to disappear or something. But like all of a sudden I was like, oh my God, remember that? Got him a Dutch, Dutch slot. Like that's, it's just one of those things that you're like, that is so bizarre to me that we don't fully know what happened in that situation. And they buried it. <laughs> oh my God. Sorry. I just went on Twitter to find the tweet that I had wrote and some lady, this is why Twitter's wild. It's just like such a weird form of hate. I, I wrote that tweet earlier this week saying that I love the summer house moment at the end with Maya and Sierra. And it's always like a moderate woman, mother of two kids. And she's like, she was like, Oh, I hated that moment. They're whiners and complainers. And it was like a comment full of hate. So I went to her account to look at the lady and she like literally is leaving just nasty comments. She must have searched summer house on Twitter and they're just leaving nasty comments about Maya and Sierra from summer house and that moment and saying how horrible they are. And I'm just like, could you imagine being that full of hate where you, cause I wrote back to her like an hour ago and I said, I was seeing it and I go, yo, I just looked up your account and uh, it seems like you're just randomly leaving these messages on everybody that's talked about this moment in Summer House. Like, are you okay? Because it just seems like what a, what a waste of time, but also what a, like that kind of hate in your heart it can't be good for you. You're actually searching people out you don't follow just so you can say you hate that moment with Maya and Sierra. Wild. That just Wild. So weird. Um, yeah, call her a Dutch slut. Yeah, thinking about when Zayn Malik called Yolanda Hadid a Dutch slut. Um, yeah, but that was only four months ago. So anyways, Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie, it seems like they're going to be, it's one of those things where we're like, we better, we better pack a lunch because these guys are going to be fighting for the rest of their lives. Like, I don't know. And Angelina Jolie, if you guys remember, a lot of you guys are younger, when Angelina Jolie, you don't, you guys don't remember the Billy Bob Thornton days when she was uh, dating and then married, I believe, Billy Bob Thornton, and they used to wear vials of their own blood around their each other's necks. So like 
F U Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly. They did it first, and they would always show up to like Gone in the Gone in sixty seconds premiere, and they'd say like we just fucked in the limo, and it was. And then Angelina Jolie won the Oscar for Girl Interrupted, and she would bring her brother to award ceremonies, and like there was one where she like open mouth kissed her brother, and she would you know, get made fun of for that on SNL. It was just, I mean, it was wild. And then Mr. and Mrs. Smith, she met Brad Pitt when Brad Pitt was with Jennifer Aniston. And then they, you know, and and I believe Angelina Jolie had already adopted two kids. I think Maddox was her first and Shiloh was her second. I'm not, it's, but, which is, by the way, it's weird to watch those kids grow up too because you've just seen them since she adopted them. But then it seemed like Brad and that, like it was like a huge family unit. But to see where Angelina Jolie had come from, she was also called a homewrecker because, you know, Brad was with Jennifer, even though they tried to put it in the press that this happened afterwards. It just didn't because I had even heard at the time when I lived in L.A. during Mr. and Mrs. Smith that something was going on with them from somebody that worked on the crew. So this was like kind of open knowledge, I know to a lot of people in Los Angeles that this was happening. Um, so it's just interesting to see how people can change. I mean, we we deal with that in our own lives and we're not celebrities, but it's wild when you do know about this. No, uh, sorry. Um, let's see, anything else that I want to talk? Kendall Jenner, 818 Tequila sued. You ripped off 512 Tequila. Um, yeah, I mean, it looks like she did rip off. I don't think Kendall ripped off. I think somebody that brought her the idea for 818 Tequila ripped it off. But there's a 512 Tequila that is very similar in its uh, artwork. So who knows? But it does got it does got to suck because you have people like Kylie that kind of steals fast fashion ideas at times or, you know, it is hard. And this goes in every industry is somebody's going to steal one of your great ideas, somebody way bigger than you is going to steal one of your great ideas. And you're like, I remember, was it Celeste Barber? I think it was Celeste Barber, the, the comedian. Uh, she's like, I don't have a million followers on Instagram and like stand up. She always posts these kind of funny photos imitating celebrities, but she's does it in her kind of, I guess, you know, not put together way. I don't know if you know, but Last year, do you guys remember she like, uh, sorry, Brooklyn's still snoring. I, I forgot even what the joke was, but I had posted it and I was like, I was, you know, whatever. It was like, made me laugh. But then a lot of people in my DMs started sending me that she reposted that, but she had cut off my name. Like, and this is why I now religiously like, um, uh, well, you know put my stamp on there, even if it makes the image uglier, just because people do just flat out steal things. It's just wild. I don't know if like, and when you do this shit for free, it, it does. I, I, I used to laugh at people when I would watch creators online, get mad. Like you stole this from me. And I'd be like, Oh, calm down. Like not to me, but when I would like see it on Twitter or something, but now I totally understand because nobody's going to fight for you. Nobody in, you know, when you have these ideas, it's all you have. It really is the only thing you have. And I know for me, every time I have like a funny idea in my head, like I'm not saying it is funny. I always get scared. I'll never have another one. Like I'll never have another funny idea. I mean, there'll be, and I know this is so silly because it's just memes, but there'll be weeks where I'll be like, you were fucking not funny this week. Like that was horrid. 
your heart wasn't in it. You weren't like, cause there, the cool thing about like, you know, that times we all have this in our life with something, um, where you're just like, this feels good to do, whether it be watching a show or playing with your kids or, you know, like eating something amazing, just where it feels like right and fun and easy. Like those are like the best ideas I have just feels like easy. It's just like, oh my God, that's so stupid. Let's do that. But anyways, Celeste Barber, I think it was like last, I don't know. She, yeah, repost. And a lot of people were like DMing me and DMing her and, and I called her out. Because I was like, yo, like wh- that, that's not cool. And she was like, what do you want? Sorry, whatever. Da, da, da. And I was like, well, can you give me credit? And she just took it down instead of giving me credit, I believe. And I was just like, and I kind of, I don't usually stick up for myself a lot, but I remember, I, I think I said something like, yo, you're a creator. You know how important credit is, especially from a big, as big of an account as yours. That really does help. It's like somebody like, allowing their followers or people that, you know, they've, uh, made fans of through the years, like see something that you wrote, you know, and to pass it off as your own, even if you didn't mean to, but also to not acknowledge that like, Oh, it could have looked that way. I'm so sorry. I know what that's like because I do this for a living too. It was really frustrating. Um, so, uh, I've, so I, I definitely believe, uh, Kendall Jenner did that. Also, Britney Spears is going to speak before Congress representatives, Eric Swalwell and Charlie Crist fired off a letter to Spears asking her and her attorney, Matthew Rosengart to explain how you achieved justice in your conservatorship. The two congressmen wrote, there is no doubt your story will empower countless others outside the millions that are already inspired by you and your art. Calm down, Eric. Jesus. Love Britney much? Um, I mean, Britney before Congress. That I mean, already I'm thinking of the memes right there, but that'll be amazing. I hope Britney's okay. And I just, uh, as long as she's saying she wants to do it, and as long as she's healthy and happy, you know. Uh, also Chet Hanks, if you don't know who Chet Hanks is, Chet Hanks is the son of Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson. Very exciting. He grew up on the very, very hard streets of Pacific Palisades. Uh, it's so scary in the Palisades. There's, uh, an average home price of like $5 million for the homes in Pacific Palisades. So it's not a great environment to, to be raised in. It's very scary. You're, um, you know, you're likely to get a very, very bad sunburn there because it's directly near the ocean. So they're not playing around in the Palisades. And that's where Chet Hanks was uh, raised with uh, Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson. But he uh, did a video this week where he said he was not raised with a very strong male uh, figure in his life. How dare you, Chet? Tom Hanks, by the way, Tom Hanks was a very strong male figure in my life. And I'm not even his son. Like I used to worship Tom Hanks. Like I, as a kid, I was just like, that is, he's the cat's pajamas. Like that is the, I, I remember as a kid seeing Philadelphia for Like, dude, I, I shit you not, you guys. I have a, like, I was like, I was like a full on AIDS activist at like when I was like 13 because of movies like Philadelphia, Longtime Companion, like I'd read this play, The Shadow Box, Angels in America. Like, I'm not a gay man, yet I was really just so empathetic towards the AIDS crisis. And I just found it such a powerful, uh, there's so many powerful pieces of art that came out of that. But I remember, what, like, why was I watching Philadelphia at 13? 
multiple times. Like I remember seeing Philadelphia, the trailer in movies. And I was like, I got to see that movie. That looks amazing. Like Tom Hanks comes in with the shaved head and Denzel Washington scared to touch his hand. Cause he has AIDS, you know, that's another thing. Uh, anybody younger than me listening, there used to be an AIDS crisis. There definitely still is a crisis, but we got news this week that one of the first successful tests where they were able to obliterate the AIDS virus, not even just to undetectable um, in the, the blood system, like, like I believe Magic Johnson, where it's undetectable in his system, but it was like literally remove AIDS from your system, which is just like, wow. Like we always hear about like, you know, we've never had a cure for cancer yet. And I thought AIDS was going to be the same way. So to actually cure something, to actually, if somebody had got gets that from that point on, for it to be cured, I mean, so many people have died of that. Uh, but yeah, no, anyways, Tom Hanks, like I just remember like Forrest Gump, all, like, I just had such a Tom Hanks fixation for a while. But Chet Hanks, he's tattooed everywhere, you guys. And also, if you listen to the earlier iterations of So Bad It's Good, the first year I did it, I would do a thing where I would play a song at the beginning every I, I didn't used to do mashups. I would play like a um, a song by like a Housewives artist, whether it be uh, Erica Jane or Ashley Darby. And then I would read the lyrics and I would tell you what the song meant, like what the lyrics meant. And I would never prepare those like segments. I would just whatever hit me in that. There's a Paris Hilton star is blind one that I'm really proud of that I made it, I think, some kind of mystical journey, like a Lord of the Rings thing. I was like, that's what Star is Blind. So it was like so fun. I should do that again. It was like so silly and stupid, but that's how I used to start off the show. Um, But we did one to a Chet Hanks rap, and he was like talking all gangster in one of his songs. And I just thought it was so funny because here's this white dude, and like Tom Hanks is living potentially – like his dream life. He's like an American hero and all of this shit. And like just so looked up to. And then he has a son like Chet Hanks, which I would really love to talk to Chet Hanks. I mean, it's got to be so brutal to be the son of somebody that is so admired because you're kind of just like screwed uh, in a lot of ways of like, good luck. <laughs> good luck keeping up with that. Good luck even matching anything that Tom Hanks has done. So the guy kind of pulled a complete 180 and just tattooed his whole body and became a rap artist because who would ever, ever in a million years go, oh, I knew Tom Hanks was going to have some kind of spawn that got involved in hip hop. You just, you knew it. <laughs> um, I kind of like, this is kind of just chill. I'm just like flipping TMZ. You're like, I, I know it's way too chill, Ryan. I, I kind of like this. We're going to start in the uh, OC recap in a second. I'm just seeing if there's any other thing. Oh, this is interesting. Salt Lake City, Jen Shaw, you guys, you know, the person that's most likely guilty. Uh, her court case, she is now the only, def- like everybody else that the Southern District of New York was going against in this case has uh, pleaded guilty or, you know, taken a plea and all of that stuff. Jen Shaw is the only one now. They've all flipped on Jen Shaw. And Jen Shaw, this week, uh, her lawyers put in a motion to 
not show any episodes of Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. They did not want any of that shown, which I think is hysterical when you think about it. Because I'm just like, do they mean just the bad episodes or like, but you can tell because of course you don't want them to see that because Jen's bragging about her lifestyle and her wealth and stuff. And the judge today ruled that, no, we will be watching Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, which is just like the best. God, to be a juror on that would just be so fun then. You're like, you're telling me I get to watch Free Bravo. I mean, if you tell me you're going to bring in pizza while we watch it, fuck, I'm, I'll, I will move to New York just to be a juror on this thing. So she lost that. She also put in something where she wanted to jury selection. She wanted to be able to find out if they were Muslim or Mormon, uh, supposedly to gain sympathy. Um, and the judge threw that away. So, Everything that they had tried to get uh, changed in this trial, the judge came back today and said, no, no, we're going to be doing all of that. So sorry. So it really doesn't like that's the crazy thing. you got. It just does not look good. Like unless there's like some thing that we just don't know about, which the Southern District of New York doesn't mess around. So there's no way that they would go ahead with this case if. I mean, this is bad. It's bad, bad. So I'm just so curious. And I don't know enough. I should ask the Bravo docket ladies. I think they're supposed to come on in a bit again. Is uh, what, you know, like is what, is she, is she going to take the stand? Like, is it one of those cases? Like, will she take the stand and answer for herself? Like, I know that's like on murder cases and stuff, but I don't know if it's like financial crimes as well. Oh my God, you guys, my garage band where I record onto just completely died and I didn't save the file because, you know, I don't usually stop and save while I'm talking, but luckily I found a way to recover the audio file. But man, though, like, God, you want to talk about just automatic poop your pants. I know you probably don't want to talk about automatic poop your pants, but I had a moment. So I just spent the last 20 minutes recovering the audio file. So thank God I don't have to do the first hour over again. Um, I did see this, though, while I was trying to fix that. Uh, Kelly Clarkson is seeking to change her name to Kelly Brienne, which is her middle name, Brienne, in wake of divorce. She says, my new name more fully reflects who I am. No, you're Kelly Clarkson. You're not Kelly Brienne. So is your talk show going to be the Kelly Brienne show? I don't like it. I love Kelly Clarkson, but I need to... I want Kelly Clarkson. I don't want Kelly Brienne. Ugh. That's horrible. I do not like that at all. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> the Daily Mail. They We talked about Tristan earlier, but it says, Love rat Tristan Thompson says his favorite type of date nights are the ones with daughter True as he takes the tot to dinner after being traded and signing with Chicago Bulls. Yeah, sure, Tr Tristan. Tristan now has three kids, and he only hangs out with the one True. And it's like, you don't like your other kids. How are we supposed to believe you really like True? I mean, I'm sorry. I know that's rude, but that's just really how his behavior is. You notice how that, like, I sometimes get that of, like, when I point other people's behavior, they'll be like, that is very rude. And I'm like, I didn't do it. They did. Like, tell them it's rude. I'm pointing out what they did. But also, what a great nickname, Love Rat. Ugh. And also, thank you for the continued people calling me horse dong online that's great we gotta keep that rumor going um god 
dude. And the sad thing is, like, I really do think there's potential that Chloe will get back together with him. Like, it's just one of the, it's like, it's like the Brad Pitt Angelina Jolie divorce. We're going to be with these guys for the rest of our damn lives. Ugh, I hate it so much. Um, okay, yeah, that's it. I keep trying to think of other things to talk to you guys about just because I really do like talking about you and I talking to you guys. And I love the solo episodes, especially like I love interviews so, so much. And it really, it really, and by the way, thank you so much for all the comments about the Josh flag interview. Cause it really wasn't my finest hour. And a lot of people said, well, he wasn't really giving much and it's classic Josh flag, but for some reason it really threw, well, I know why it, but it really threw me. Um, but also, you know, it was a great lesson is that not everything is always going to go perfect. And it really uh, excited me, not excited me, but I tried to, you know, I usually think very negatively about things. I'm glass half empty kind of guy, but I did not let myself like I, I let myself be bummed for like a little bit, you know, just a month or two. But no, I, I was kind of thinking like, no, that this is part of your profession. This is your job. And you're going to have bad days at your job. And you just say, okay, next time, this is what I'm going to do if something like this happens. So it was a really, I thought like, this is like the first time where I'm like, is this what we call a learning experience? Who knows? Maybe me and Josh Black will be friends one day. Um, Heather McDonald, I know is very friendly with her. But Heather uh, is, I think, like a cabillionaire from doing this. And I'm on my bed with GarageBand that just crashed on me. <laughs> oh, which, by the way, uh, my roommate religiously, I think, listens to Heather. And she was telling me Chris Frangiola is one of her regular guests on there. And Chris, they were talking about uh, Hugh Hefner going to Barfly, which Chris Frangiola used to work at Mirabelle. And this is the funniest thing ever. I, I used to hang out with Chris Frangiola all the time. He, cause my, my best friend slash roommate at the time, Sarah Hubber was the main bartender at Mirabelle. So I would, and then right next to it was this nightclub called Barfly where Amanda Hubber, Sarah's sister worked at, and Amanda lived two doors down from us. And we lived right down the street from the Viper room off of sunset. It was like the cool, like that was the coolest, one of the coolest times of my life because I had gotten out of that seven year relationship and I was just, I didn't think I'd ever live again. It was my first heartbreak. Like just, I was just the lowest I've ever been. And then Sarah invited me to, to move in with her. And all of a sudden I went moving. I used to live in the Valley and then all of a sudden I was living right down the street from the Viper room and sunset and sunset was really popping back then. Like the tower records was still there, which they're now making a, uh, supreme store which is uh, such a bummer but yeah I, you know i mean this is when they used to have cds but those girls like they saved my lives and i just had such a blast like and so i would go into mirabelle and drink at the bar for free from sarah and then like on the weekends you know we would all go to barfly and drink for free from amanda and you know hugh hefner would come in every friday night with he had a whole section roped off and they would kind of come in early because he is old, was old. And, um, you know, you would see seven or eight women with him and they'd have a whole section and dance. And my dad got to meet Hugh Hefner. I think I've talked about this story before. It was like the, the time my dad was the proudest of me was meeting Hugh Hefner, which is just wild to think about. <laughs> he like had tears in his eyes. He was like, thank you so much. <laughs> he was he was of that generation where Playboy was like a thing, man. Vietnam, they were all passing those mags around. Wild. 
But I guess Chris Frangiola on the show, on Heather's show this week, he was on and was talking about Mirabelle and all that. But yeah, I used to go see Chris Frangiola stand up when he would play these tiny, tiny rooms. And uh, his other buddy, Carl, who worked at Mirabelle, now runs a place called Local Peasant over in the Valley. They have a couple locations. It's a great place as well. And Carl's an actor. A uh, really good actor, as but I grew up with those guys, and it always cracks me up that Chris Vangela, because I think he did Chelsea and all that. But like I knew him when he was just kind of like, you know, it's like we were all just kind of doing the same shit, talking shit. Like, but he was he was always a really funny, nice guy. Like I should reach out to him and say howdy, and and uh, man, I should have him on the podcast. Actually, no, that's probably. I only think he does Heather's probably, but he, he was he was a great guy, and that was a really great time of my life. It was just. I was like, wow, this isn't bad. Like, you know, being single isn't bad. And I didn't, I don't mean in the sense of like, I was out there picking up the ladies because I most definitely wasn't. But I was just scared to be by myself. You know, I was so scared to, you know, that when you, you're used to being with somebody for so long, you just can't see your life without them. And you're like, what am I going to do? I have to watch TV by myself. I have to talk to new people. I, it, everything was new. And, it took, I think, like a year of just misery. And then I remember when, like, the clouds started lifting. And then I was just like, this is kind of fun. And then I met my ex-wife. Uh, um, not that that wasn't fun. I'm just saying it was different than, like, it was just like, there was, like, this really nice, t- you know, it was me and my buddy Pat, who's married with two kids now, um, which is wild. We would just work at the spa all day. We worked at this place called Burke Williams. And, you know, it was a great job. We would, and then we would just go to either, we would go to wherever our friends were working that would get us free drinks, whether it be Barney's Beanery or Coaching Horses or, and we would just like, and we wouldn't get hammered, but we'd go have a drink or two. And it was like just norm. Like we would watch whatever reality show was on that night. Uh, we were big into the real world, road rules, all that kind of stuff. And then we would go have drinks and I would watch Pat hit on girls because Pat was the ladies man. I was like the tag along friend, you know, I was the one that was like supposed to like, I just, I had no game at all. Like I had no, I would never like if to, to this day, if you told me like, go hit on that girl over there and point somebody out, I would get sick to my stomach. I just wasn't, I just wasn't good. I mean, it's weird. Like I can talk all, I mean, obviously I can talk all day long on something like this, but you put me in like a situation where it's like somebody that I think that they might think I'm hitting on them. I immediately get nervous, have the sweats, the whole, I'm a basket case, basket. I mean, they should study me at some point. This is science does need to study me. (laughs) Okay. You guys, we're going to do a commercial break. We'll come back on the other side and talk about the insanity of Real Housewives of Orange County because this is the episode where Shannon Bedore discovers drugs. Folks, summer is just around the corner, so it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Now, I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily, I found Quince. Now, I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I got a pair of tan shorts. I got a pair of green shorts. I cannot wait to style these for summer. And I got to tell you, the quality is great because Quince has all the seasonal must-haves, like 100% European linen shirts from 30 
$30 performance polos and versatile flow knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman by partnering directly with top factories and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. Folks, now is the part of the show where we talk about who has sponsored us this, us this week, and I am so happy that it's our friends at Anna Luisa. Uh, it is the new year, and we all want to reinvent our style, right? And that is why you need to go to Anna Luisa Jewelry. Anna Luisa Jewelry is made for you and the planet in mind. They're 100% carbon and water neutral, but they're also really, really pretty. And I know you're like, you're a dude, but like, I also know what is pretty. Um, and they sent me samples and it's really pretty. Uh, it truly is. Um, their versatile designs are perfect to mix and match and wear every day. So you can layer your necklaces together. So that's Anna Luisa, A N A L U I S A. It has timeless jewelry for any occasion. Uh, a cute ring to show off at the grocery store when you pay for your groceries, a dainty bracelet for when you pick up an iced coffee, and luxurious necklaces that make your friends that, you know, it says, you know, it'll say like, hey, why she's obviously making a lot of money if she has stuff like that on. But the, the best part is Anna Luisa Jewelry starts at only $39. The prices are incredible. So with our code so bad, you can get 40% off your order at shop.analuisa.com. So that's A-N-A-L-U-I-S-A. Their pieces are the perfect gift for anybody on your list. A friend, a partner, a sister-in-law, a daughter to spoil, and also just for yourself, man. You can like say it's for any of those people, but just know deep down, you could keep all of this stuff. Like for real. The gift guide on their website, uh, along with their bestsellers page, are great destinations to start if you want to browse their most gifted options. Uh, I always really love things like that because I'm kind of wildly uninventive and I need to be point, you know, I need to be pointed in the right direction. Um, so please get your friends this, get your families this, get you something from AnnaLuisa.com because you're getting forty percent off anyways. Um, oh, uh, and how could I forget? New jewelry collections are released every Friday. So they have new pieces every week. So if you, one week, you're like, eh, you can go back the next week and the next week and the next week. They keep updating. So get yourself and your loved ones the perfect gift with up to 40% off. Check out Anna Luisa at shop.analuisa.com forward slash so bad. I know you will love them. And remember, that's going to be in our show notes as well. So just go there if you have forgotten the name, Anna Luisa. And now back to the remaining portion of our show. Uh, welcome back. And oh, yeah. So the reason I, I am actually just kind of being very loose tonight and over talking is because the other day I asked if you guys like those long episodes. I released like a two hour plus one on uh, Wednesday and you guys said you did and you didn't want me to break them up into smaller ones. So I figure if you guys got the time, I got the time. It's so I'm what is it? It's 11:47 right now. My dog is already in La La Land, which is a peaceful slumber for dogs. 
And uh, so I figure, why not, right? We can do this. Let's do this. Real Housewives of Orange County. You guys, I, you don't even need to watch it. I am watching it for you, okay? Maybe you shouldn't even, maybe it's too, da- maybe this is a dangerous show. And you guys can't handle it, but I can. I watch this with my own eyes every week. And I got to tell you, I think I'm better for it. I really, it really has really changed a lot of how I, this, now, this is season 16. God, can you believe there's 16 seasons? Episode 10, lucky number 10. And the title of this episode is called Edible Derangements. Now, in my head, when we break down these titles, so I go, Ryan, what does that make you think of? It makes me think of edible arrangements. You know, those things where they put the pineapple and the cantaloupe and all that. Do you always notice, like, why? You know, it's so sad. Like, I love a good, I mean, I don't love a good, I mean, I when when I'm presented with a fruit tray, like, I love strawberries and pineapple. I love, you guys, I'm a pineapple freak. Like, not like Teresa Giodici, but... I love pineapple. Like, if there's two things you need to know about me, I love Batman and I love pineapples. <laughs> but those edible arrangements are good until you get to the cantaloupe. Like, it always, if you're at a restaurant or something, they're like, we have a, you know, it comes with a side of fruit. It's always like just shit tons of cantaloupe. Cantaloupes must be like the cheapest fruit ever because they put them with everything. And I know you're, they're like, I like cantaloupe. Well, then you can have mine. Like, seriously, I'll switch you for your pickle. Um, so I was like, oh, edible, edible derangements. Maybe, maybe Noel like shits on an edible arrangement or something. And then is all dramatic about it. Later we find out it's because they're taking marijuana edibles and you'd be like, Ryan, get the F out of there. No, Shannon Bedore is one of the biggest drug dealers in the O's. No, they, they, it's, it's very weirdly charming. And like the fact that Heather's. Heather and Shannon talking about microdosing, which I didn't even think you could use microdosing in terms of marijuana. Microdosing for me, I thought was always with like acid or, uh, you know, mushrooms or like, you know, microdosing. I guess you can microdose. I just never I never read articles about microdosing marijuana, but basically they're just taking a small piece of an edible and calling that microdosing. But I got to tell you, just to even hear Shannon Bedore say the word microdosing, I was like, I'm never touching drugs again. Uh, yeah, this is not uh, I'm never touching it again. I can't do it. Uh, if Shannon Bedore is microdosing, I'll never touch drugs for the rest of my life. I'll probably just not even I'll throw away my TV at this point. This is not. I mean, this, by the way, I was, the whole episode, I was like, we need a Shannon Bedore dare say no to, I'm Shannon Bedore from the Real Housewives of Orange County. And I gotta tell you, kids, don't do the pot. You know, when her, like, little voice goes high. What? What? I'm fun Shannon. Fun Shannon. But I also love the thought of, like, marijuana is like, you know, it's just, I hate to paint it even in the same categories and have like actually hard drugs that you can get super addicted to. I'm not saying weed isn't addictive, but I'm just saying it's a different thing. But the thought of like Shannon, Shannon Bedore jonesing for weed. I'll do dirty things to you if you can get me some weed. I just want a, a Jolly Rancher edible. Come on. I need it. I need it. I just ate so much salmon cream cheese. I'm so full. Fun Shannon. Fun Shannon. <laughs> Sorry, Brooklyn. <laughs> um, so we start with, as we always do, last week on Real Housewives of Orange County. And um, we we see that it's like 
that conversation happened on the beach with like Heather and Noella. Noella giving the card games. It had pornography. Like, what you know, eat my pee and suck my d. And uh, Noella, we see the scene of her talking to Emily and going. You put your hand up in my face. Don't even. Like, Noah's just having attitude. Uh, we see that Heather invited Gina to with her kids to go see colleges. Uh, we see Travis and Gina getting closer to Heather this season. Sh- Shannon potentially being jealous, we see in this opening. Um, we talk. We see Noella talking about Sweet James, Dr. Je- Dr. Concrete Leg Jen. I gotta tell you, each week, Dr. Jen... I am so attracted to Dr. J. <laughs> I don't know if it's the concrete leg, but I, I genuinely think she's hot. I do. And my, I was trying to think of like a pickup line. If I ever talk to Dr. Jen, I go, I can guarantee you I will never change my name to Ron. And that's the other thing about Ryan. So she's, you know, married to this guy, Ryan. Ryan, His name's actual Ryan, R-Y-A-N. But they changed it to R-Y-N-E because he wanted to be difficult and an asshole. He wanted to be that guy. We were like, oh, I get it. Because then I was even thinking about it today while I was taking notes. I was just like, it's so selfish to name yourself something like Ryan. And to do what you're like, you know, he wasn't born as a Ryan. Nobody's you probably born as Ryan, R-Y-N-E. But the fact that you do that because... Even when I say Ryan, I I take a second afterwards usually to be like that doesn't sound right. So you're wasting time in my day. Like I'm, it's fine with me. I waste a lot of time in my day. But for most people, think about it. When you guys say the name Ryan, or even say it in your head, usually you will take another couple of seconds to be like, what the fuck did I just say? We don't have that kind of time to waste with your name, bro. Like, I feel like this is another place where the government needs to step in and go for the for public safety. Let, we're gonna, just going to go with Ryan because that's actually on your birth certificate. But if the and what is the psychology behind somebody, a grown man changing his name? Because like because he I mean, what dude, come on, guys, that's beyond the pale. That's too much. Like, that's even different than a nickname. Like, call me Bruiser. Call me Horsecock. Like, this guy is changing his name officially to R- Ryan. Ryan. It's just, even the way it hurts my mouth when I say Ryan. Ryan. Oh, I don't trust that guy, man. Um. And then at the end of last week's episode, they had this talk where Dr. Jen was crying. And then Ryan, Ryan was like, uh, I'd rather not talk about this. That's enough. And then he left. He left the house. So we start off as we usually do with dung, 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 the OC theme, the taglines. Uh, Emily's once again always makes me laugh. Like I, I raise the bar, but I like to close it down too, which pretty much feels to me like an admission of like an alcohol problem. Like I, you know, she, she does imbibe now every episode, not in a dangerous way. It's really fun. Actually, Emily does make drinking fun to me. Like she, I like her cackle. I like Emily's whole vibe. Uh, and then Noella's is just so annoying. Like I, you guys, I am literally at a 10 with Noella in terms of being annoyed with her, but she's like in the OC, it's easier to fit in, but much more fun to stand out. <laughs> in the OC, it's easier to fit in, 
but much more fun to stand out. So we start with the episode. They're shot. They, they do this differently than any of the other franchises where they're just shots of people like they were like setting up beach umbrellas. Like it's too close. It's not far. It's not far away like some of the other uh, franchises are when they do these little like showing random people or dogs. Like I was like right up on the sand with these people setting up an umbrella. And once again, I was like, do I, am I supposed to know who this is? And then I realized it was just like an in like, oh, like we're in the OC. This is we're near the beach. So we start off at Shannon's Shannon's FaceTiming with her daughter, Sophie. And she's like, last year you lived in a dorm, Sophie, and now you're living in a home. Do you have a maid who cleans your toilet? And by the way, Shannon, you would know if she had a maid because you'd be paying for it. And uh, Sophie's like, no, no, we clean ourselves. And she's like, have you cleaned your toilet? And then Sophie was like, not yet, but we will. And then it just made me think like just Sophie's dirty shit toilet. Just just dirt, ever, just poop build up all out of Sophie's toilet. Oh, Sophie, God. Like, I just, I now I want to see that episode where Shannon goes and visits and sees what the state of that toilet is. When you watch these shows as much as I do, your mind just wanders. Like, I was just thinking about Sophie's toilet. Like, I, you know, where your mind just, because you get bored sometimes. So you just think, you kind of take it down. You're like, that'd be an interesting scene, right? Like, I'm meant to produce these shows, you guys. Um, we cut to Travis and Gina. They're eating uh, with their three. At first, I was like, who are those little people? And then I realized it was their kids. Um, and they were eating with them at the table. It was like fun. Yay, we're a family. Cut to Dr. Jen with Cece. That's their daughter, uh, Ryan and Dr. Jen. Cece's the age of nine. And she was on last week's episode. She's a real ball buster. She is made for Comedy Central roasts. Cece will not let you get away with shit. She really will stick it to you. Um, and Dr. Jen's like, you took my Chanel lip liner? And she's like, hee I take all your Amazon boxes. Hee She's like really playing to the camera. It's a little Drew Barrymore here. We cut to the DeBros. DeBros, of course, pull up in like this like stretch, huge, black, tall, girthy limo <laughs> they're all dressed up they're at they're at nobu you guys nobu is where uh remember at the beginning of the season heather debro threw that party that cost like what it was like 80 billion trillion dollars um and uh they're at the actual brick and mortar location of nobu nobu is one of those celebrity hotspots, and it's like it, it it is good food but not you know, like, it, it's one of those things. It's it's kind of like Craig's in L.A. It's like good food, but, you know, there's so many. It, it, it's a scene. It's sceney. So Heather sits down. She's like, we'll take up a round of andamami, a round of shishito, and a, um, an order of miso for the table. She's, you know, already ordering, which I just, I do very well with people that can make decisions because I can't make decisions. So I really, I really dig Heather's whole, like, I'm going to, I'm going to do everything. Uh, Max, their daughter, 17, uh, we find out took graduation pics today, and so did Nikki. Uh, Kat, their other daughter, is 14, and she's feeling a little left out. And then, of course, we have Coco, Heather's other daughter, who is 10. Um, we find out that Kat, the 14-year-old, is feeling kind of the clock ticking. Um, no, I'm sorry. Heather is saying she's... I'm feeling the clock ticking. Max and Nikki will be gone and family dinners will change. So it's important we have to get together. 
Um, Coco, the 10-year-old, wants to go to USC someday. And Max says, it's because it's the young, it's like the youngest child school. And Coco's like, do you mean like the spoiled child school? And they're like, she's like, yeah. And Terry says, well, I am not the most spoiled here, you guys. And we're like, Terry, we're not even talking to you right now. Terry is professor positive. He's just like, hey, I'm not the most spoiled. Um, Kat, the 14-year-old, is trying to use chopsticks on her edamame. So at this point, I don't really think Kat will be going to any college uh, because you just don't need edamame that way. Max is teasing her about this, and Kat goes, She's being annoying, Mom. Max is being annoying. She's commenting on what I'm eating, Mom. And Heather says, Stop. I understand, but you're being overly sensitive. Um, And Heather lets us know that you know is that cat is like her you know she's like in the same way i don't want people talking about what i'm eating or what i'm wearing just leave me alone my daughter is very much like me um they're doing that thing the meat where they grill it at the table themselves we saw lisa barlow do this in uh, salt lake city a couple weeks ago and by the way reminder sunday night will be the salt lake season finale finally it felt like it's been years i don't mean that in a bad way it just feels like it's been years since it started um uh heather asks kate uh or heather asks cat are you okay and she you can tell she's bummed out because she feels like max teases her a lot and shannon goes your relationship with max will change i promise and the son nikki says well a lot of attention was put on you, Kat, when you came out. So Kat is a lesbian as well. Uh, Max is bisexual, but Kat is a lesbian. Which at 14, like, man, that's amazing to be that self-actualized where you're actually even aware. And I mean, very brave, all of that stuff. But I guess there's like a little, like Max is jealous because she recently came out as bi or something like that, which is just wild when you're having wars over who came out first or who is getting the most attention for their sexuality. <laughs> you know, like we didn't even talk about sexuality with my parents. I think they just assumed I was gay, but you know, it's like, we never had like my, my, my dad's bird in the bee talk was like, do you know what you do? And I lied and said, yeah. And he's like, great. Like, whew, that's a load off. Like, I had no idea what we were even talking about. Like, I, because you'd seen those scenes in movies so much of, like, the the birds and the bees and all that stuff. And, and I had no, like, I was 13 years old. I didn't know what, you know, I don't even think I'd seen porn yet. And I know, I grew up very underprivileged. And I remember just my dad, we were on the back patio in Kansas. And he said, your mom wanted me to talk to you. And, um. Uh, do you know how all this works? Do you have any questions? And I was like, nope, I got it. I'm I'm a sex machine. You got it. I know exactly what's... In fact, I could... I, if, do you have any questions for me? That's how good I am at it. You know, the uh, putting the old P and the V. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Dad, I do have one question. Where is the V, actually? Where is... Am I, am I looking for the letter V? Does it is, it... is there a curve down? Like, I mean, it, like, I... Like, and by the way, for you parents out there listening, how did you approach your kids for the sex talk? Or do you already know how you're going to do it? Like, my dad didn't do it well at all. In fact, I should ask him. They're due for another appearance on the podcast. I got to get him on very soon. But, uh, like, what, 
like what 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 I'm like what would I have wanted to know like are you supposed to draw like diagrams or something like are you supposed to be like okay you put this here and then you're gonna hopefully be in love but if you're not you're going to still do it with respect I mean like you know and then nowadays are you taught like do you get go into like butt stuff like do you talk about you know like Austin Kroll likes to say eating somebody from front to back back to front you know like there's a lot of new things on the table Uh, that's what i told oh my god you guys after i i've told the actual story this is the other thing i used to do on the pod the first year but i quickly not quickly i think we did it really it was called bailey blunders and i would tell some kind of horror story about a dating or sexual experience and then somebody i think somebody on the one story was like these uh these aren't really yours to share because you're only part of it. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's kind of true. Like, I didn't ask permission to tell this story. Um, but it was, like, mainly embarrassing, I thought, for me. But I didn't think about that because I had so many – like, imagine me – anyways, <laughs> no, 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 don't, don't imagine. Don't, anyways, so uh, we get back to <laughs> – we get back to Nobu. <laughs> um, in a talking head – uh, Kat says, you know, I don't really connect with my, my siblings. Cause like I'm, I'm the middle sibling. Uh, Heather says my sister, we went through good and bad and now we rely on each other. Your relationship cat will ebb and flow with your, your siblings. Give it time. I love you. Heather, very enunciating all the time. Um, so, uh, Cat though I really liked the fourteen year old. I thought she was very well spoken. I just I, it was just seemed like a good hearted kid. Cat says my older sister coming out. Uh, everyone was very supportive, but when I came out, I was dealing with a lot of homophobia. She says at school I had issues with people at cool at school saying the f slur, the you know f a g slur, and you know wasn't respectful of the LGBT community. And Heather goes, that breaks my heart because they're in a talking head together. Um, But can you imagine that? Can you imagine facing your sexuality at an early age and then having somebody at school? Like I was called pubic head because I had curly hair or like Popeye legs because I had big calves. But can you imagine something like this and then like being proud of who you are potentially and then going to school and somebody ruins your day by calling you the F slur? Breaks your heart, right? Like, kids can be so fucking mean. Um, all the kids say thank you to their parents for dinner, which is, by the way, I I, I hesitate a little to say this, but it seems like the Dubros at least are kind of respectful kids, right? Like, Max seems a little snooty. I'm, I'm not going to say Max is not snooty, but they seem like they're saying thank you for the dinner. And, and Terry, being Terry, goes, huh, you guys think I'm paying for dinner. I think you guys are paying for dinner. Classic Terry dad joke, you guys. Classic Terry. Terry loves a good, you're paying for dinner, not me. Terry's also one of those people that I bet, like, food comes out, and uh, he's like, hey, I've got to taste that, see if it's poison. <laughs> you know? Same thing with Halloween candy. Yeah, gonna check these for razor blades. Uh, I do this process where I put all the candy in my mouth and chew and then swallow it. <laughs> we cut to skateboarders. Uh, yeah, it's another one of those weird scenes where you're just seeing the people skateboard. Uh, Noella. Ugh. Noella's walking in to meet Emily at a nail salon. 
and immediately she's annoying. She's like, hello, my darling. She's just so weird. Everything she said, like, I can't even do a good Noella impersonation because she's like, hello, my darling. Like, sometimes it's very light. Sometimes, hello, my darling. Hello, my darling. It's just... It's always a production. It's always like I'm trying to be like a little... I'm trying to stand out a little too much. Um, Noella tells the uh, nail tech, perfect timing. I just chipped my little toenail. So I was like, she's already starting this shit. Um, Noella goes, I just realized we're all going to be together at Shannon's luncheon. That'll be interesting. And then we get a flashback from two days ago. Shannon talking to Emily about this luncheon that Shannon's going to throw. And Shannon says, I want to get Heather and Jen okay together. Dr. Jen and Heather okay. Uh, no, I want to get, I think, Dr. Jen and Noella together. Some, some, they want to get two people. And, and Emily's like, good luck with that. That's not going to happen. Um, Noella says, the snark comments that these ladies make about me, I can't allow any sliver of that to get into my my lifestyle. And Emily goes, yep, no judgment, no judgment. And Noella goes, when I feel attacked, you know, the voice goes up, the hands come out. I'm a typical Gemini, you guys. I'm a typical Gemini. Once again, you guys, you know, I don't really know. I don't, I always wonder if I'm ever going to have the time to get into astrology the way that like some people really seem to dedicate their entire lives to it. And it seems like you guys really know your shit. And I just feel like I... Like, is astrology like video games? It's like either you do it or you don't, like, but you have to put a lot of time into it. It doesn't seem you can casually be, in, be into astrology. Everybody that's into astrology is like into astrology. They're like, your sixth house went across the pyramid of dooms right at 12 p.m. And that is, you know, and you know what that means. Um, also, I couldn't even tell you what month Gemini means, but now I know since Noella is one that it's not my favorite month to be born in. So sorry, Gemini's. Um, Noella goes, and I realized that I'm the psycho of the relationship. You know, I go from one extreme to the next, but I can just pump the brakes and take it slow. And I care enough about this friend group to make peace, just to make peace. Thank you, Noella. But I love that Noella admits she is the psycho of the group. Um, she goes, oh, my God, Emily, there's been a new development with me and Sweet James in our mediation. I told them I want to do separate entrances and exits. I do not want to see him in mediation. And Emily goes, you you think he's coming to mediation? Like, Emily's like, I don't even think he's going to be there. And she's like, oh. Um, and then Emily goes, well, wouldn't it be good if he did come? Because then you guys can work together towards a temporary order and get things kind of straight and. Emily goes, in a talking head, she goes, I like Noella. She's very personable, but she can also be suffocating because a lot of the conversation revolves around herself and her divorce. Emily calls it like she sees it. I respect that. We flash back to her Cabo bullshit. Noella going, eh, just being Noella. Uh, and we see Emily telling her to take it down, take it down. And then we see a thing of even Shannon Bedore saying, listen, Noella, listen. Noella goes, it's fight or flight with me. And I feel like I'm fighting for every single day, every single inch of my life. And Emily's like, I get that. I get that. Um, 
Everything, Emily. Everything with James. Everything with this friend group. Everything in my life right now. And Emily goes, yeah, I said it before. I get it. I get it. Like, it sucks. I'm being such a wuss. Like, you guys are, like, hurting my feelings. And I cry every day. Emily says, well, it's extreme that night at dinner. You were the one that started it with Heather because you made a snarky comment. And uh, and she's like, uh, Emily in a talking head says, I've got to walk on eggshells because she gets so defensive anytime you tell her something. And Emily goes, okay, Noella, maybe when you get to that fight or flight response, when you get to the fight, then maybe you become unreasonable and maybe you do things that are hurtful to ask about somebody's family, about their kids, you know, no, she's like, they're hurtful. So, you know, maybe ask other people about their family, ask about their kids. Women want to connect on a very basic level, Emily, sa- Emily says. And I don't, I think the word basic is wrong here, but I see what she says. Like, women just want to talk about, like, what's going on, basically, what's going on around you. Not like, you don't have to go so deep, so quick, and so much weirdness revolving around Noella. Um And Noella then goes, do I get grace, Emily? Is there even a moment of grace? Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm no, no, no. Noella, whoa, whoa, whoa. Give me grace, Noella. Give me grace, Noella. Give me face, Noella. I like to stack vaginas on pancakes in bed. Oh, whoa, Noella. Pancake Noella, give me grace Noella. Sweet James is screwing me over in Mykonos Noella. Noella, I say weird things Noella. My hair is like scrunchy and I do weird things and I try to hit on people and I'm Bronwyn's friend so you can't trust me Noella. I supposedly have two kids but you never hear me talking about them Noella. Oh, isn't that, that's the ballad of Noella, you guys. It's a work in progress. Um, Do you notice when they do like those little cards with like Noella and like, or like anybody in their family, you know, they'll be like Emily and we see Shane and the kids in the background. Noella started the season where you saw the one kid and like two dogs and her mom. And now you just see her mom and two dogs. Like, I'm wondering if like by the end of it, everybody's left Noella. It just seems like her family's just bailing. Um... So Noella goes, do I get grace? Which you know how much that irks me, the word grace. It's so overused right now. Do I get grace? Is there even a moment of grace for Noella? And Emily goes, yeah, you do, but you can't always get it and not reciprocate. You have to give it too. And Noella goes, I think on any day that of any day of my 365 days that that was the day that I needed grace. I spent the day with these women and you guys should have been able to suss out and say, we're not going to do this tonight to Noella. Like, what a fucking victim. Like, Noella, that's not Dr. Jen's cement leg. That is the world's tiniest violin playing 
Oh, Noella, shut up, Noella, you're so dorky, Noella, you're a person that stacks vaginas on hotel beds, Noella. <laughs> That's stupid. Talking head, um, Noella goes, when I'm being honest and when I'm showing that I'm not okay, it's almost threatening these ladies' projection of everything's fine, everything's fine. We don't talk about this. We don't talk about divorce. Over, you know, we we got to talk about this plain Jane stuff. With you know, my pain is triggering these ladies. It's just ah, and I just thought I wrote like, oh my god, aren't we just so all all so smart these days? We're all so accurate, self actualized, and we all know the buzzwords. Like, oh my god, I'm triggering somebody. The projection you're projecting is taking away my grace. Come on, I'm trying to get grace, and you're projecting right now, and that is leading me to get triggered, and then I'm going into kind of a self. It's like we're all like, ugh, just she's like the worst. She is the worst. Just the worst. And remind you, if you didn't hear the episode on Monday, she was at that Super Bowl party that I talked about earlier with Sonia and Ashley, and I couldn't bring myself to talk to her. I, 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 I couldn't do it. I couldn't lie. I couldn't, I couldn't act. Because if I did talk to her, I was probably going to say something like, what's your deal? Like, what is, what is your deal? Can I see your pancake photo? You know, but, oh, by the way, Jeff Epstein, who's been on the show before, and um, I was doing this Up and Adam live with him and uh, uh, Zach Peters, and I'm doing their live show in L.A. with them on April 8th, I think, at the Bourbon Room, um, which should be a fun thing. There's a lot of surprise guests. I'll be there. It'll, it'll be a whole thing. Um but Jeff Epstein was on there, and Jeff Epstein has gotten facial, uh, like, Botox and all that from Dr. Jen for free. So, you know, like, this was a while ago. I remember him and uh, Steve, Faces by Bravo, did that. But I also knew that she, he had hung out with Noella. And I said, Jeff, you are, you're friends with Noella, right? She's like, yeah. You know, but he said he has seen Sweet James' penis. He has seen a video of them doing the dirty deed. Like, Noella truly does just go around showing videos of her having sex and how big Sweet James's penis was. And uh, she's like, yeah, Sweet James does have a big dong, which is like awesome, something that I never needed to know in a million years. But also it did sound like Jeff was kind of like, Noella's like a, a whole thing. And also if you're friends with Dr. Jen, how can you be friends with Dr. Jen and Noella? Because Noella shits on Dr. Jen every chance she gets. Um... Noella says, it says more about you ladies than it does me. And Emily says, okay, I feel like we've beaten a dead horse. New scene, we see surfers in the background. We're at Shannon's house. Not John Jan... I'm John Jansen. I'm John Jansen. I'm John Jansen, Shannon's guy. God, that scene, I keep thinking about that scene last week with John Jansen and the guys. And John Jansen was like, my father disowned me. We have not spoken ever. I was a good son. And he disowned me. And Jan's like, John was the best son. But you can tell there's excited darkness with John Jansen. And I can't stop saying his name with both names. I can never call him John. It's like DJ James Kennedy. I got to say the full name. He'll always be now John Jansen. Like John Jansen was talking to Shannon. So we're at Shannon's house. There's a great shot of Archie, Shannon's long-suffering dog with a tennis ball in, in his mouth. Just kind of just staring like, what the fuck? I did not think... 
life was going to be this way for me. I watched this lady make salmon with fucking cream cheese for her little business. I have a tennis ball in my mouth. It's like the only solace I have. I watch this lady freak out on a regular basis and drink way too much tequila with John Jansen. And all I get is this tennis ball. And if I lose this, nobody will even fucking fetch with me. <laughs> like I gotta, th- I gotta throw it with my little beak and run and go get it. That's the only exercise I get. I am severely depressed. <laughs> it's like Archie. Archie is like, I am so depressed right now, you guys. I have been so triggered by Shannon living with her. Do you see this? My coat is not as shiny as it used to be. It is so. This is not a good home environment for me. Sophie left. The kids are leaving. I'm so scared when it's just me and Shannon. You guys know she lost me on Halloween. I, I literally was like, wait, I was barking. I was like, I'm right here, Shannon. She was so blackout drunk. She thought I, I ran away. And I'm like, I'm right here. She's going to kill me one day. Accidentally, I know she's going to kill me. That was my imitation of Archie, the dog. Um, So Shannon's making cauliflower rice. She's like... We're making call. We're doing a luncheon for the ladies, and she's like, oh, "Spilled some cauliflower rice, Archie. You gonna clean it up?" And Archie's like, "Fuck, I don't even get real rice. I'm getting cauliflower rice. Perfect. That's awesome. Yeah, veggies, great." There's a little servant dude there. The little servant dude working for her is seems like he's miserable, and just seems like he's. It seems like. It must not be fun to be around Shannon and Bedore from the way this guy looks. He's giving the most deadpan look I've ever seen. Uh, he's just like, hey, I'm getting paid minimum wage. Maybe some tips. I don't know. Um, Shannon goes, oh, my God. Her business partner is there, too, for some reason. I guess they worked in her kitchen. She's like, oh, I never ordered the appetizer from the restaurant for today. Who does that? Who does that? And then Shannon goes, I host all the time, but never in the daytime or lunch because I never do lunch. I do evenings. I do. E- I'm an evening. Shannon, Shannon's like, I don't mess around with lunch. That's Bush League. That's rookie shit. I do dinners. Also, I'm usually still pretty hungover around lunch. I do dinners. I always, everybody knows Shannon Bedore, microdoser and does dinners. That's what Shannon Bedore does. You know Shannon Bedore also speaks in the third person. She's like, Shannon Bedore, what are you doing today? And she just looks at her mirror. Shannon Bedore, are you ready to go? Are you ready? Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So, the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Um, David is Shannon's waiter that hates her. Like She's like, David, could you? And he's like, yes. And he goes, okay, okay, okay. And he just stands emotionless, like just emotionless. 
by the lighting for the scene. He's just like staring at her. Like he just hates his life so much. You can feel it coming off his pores about how much he hates his life. I really respect that. We cut to um, Liz, who is Heather Dubrow's family's assistant. Uh, you like they're like, oh, this is the gift you're giving Shannon. Like I guess just Liz. Like Liz would be a great person to interview. Of like, what is your life like? Heather is so specific, and like there's so many gifts given out. Like I would love to know what Liz's daily list is. Like what it could be. What an adventure that must be. Um. Heather goes, I'll be home for dinner, Liz. Goodbye. Uh, we cut to Emily's uh, getting changed. She's like, these boobs have a mind of their own. All right, Emily. Uh, we go to cut to Gina. Gina is getting out of her uh, little car limo thing. And she's like, thank you. And then she goes, hello? Hello? <laughs> That's my Gina. I'm trying to, oh, Gina, how you doing? Hello? Hello? And we see Shannon upstairs getting ready. And Shannon goes oh my god i'm gonna iron myself i get it's so wrinkly and she takes an eye this is why i don't believe shannon i think shannon might be a sort cyborg uh there's must be metal in her or something because she takes an iron and she starts ironing herself and i just don't think wouldn't it be crazy if like shannon's like skin is just all iron marked or it's just like it's all like just scars from years of shannon ironing her skin but it's like, can you, and then I saw some people in comments saying, oh, I do that. I'm like, what are people insane? They're just taking irons and just ironing them their, themselves. Like you take the shirt off and put it on a thing or you make somebody else do it, but you don't iron yourself. And Gina goes, Shannon, Shannon, I'm here. It's Gina, Gina. Gina discovers her finally. She's like, hello, there you are. Noella comes in. She's like, hello, hello. Oh, my God, the stairs and this dress. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, Shannon, this is gorgeous. And then Noella tells Gina, oh, my God, your eyes are popping. And Noella goes, my heels are clacking on the floor like a peasant. What the fuck does that mean? Like peasants' heels clack on the floor? What do you, what do you, shut up. Noella, Noella, shut up. You're doing too much. Stop. Be a person. I swear to God, try to be a person for like 24 hours. And then the next day, try to do it for 36 hours. Like try to build up to being an actual person and not just a walking jackass. So, sorry. <laughs> Emily comes in in denim and Noelle's like, love, love, love. <laughs> we cut to Dr. Jen getting picked up by Heather old cement leg. She's like, that's the cement leg going into Heather's limo. The driver has to help pick up the left leg because it's just cement. Um, Heather goes, you look put together. And Dr. Jen's like, thank God for makeup. And Heather's like, right. And then all of a sudden out of nowhere, Dr. Jen goes, Ryan packed his bags and left last night. Um, we were talking and uh, we, no, I was just saying, like, anyway, no, so he, he left last night. And Heather goes, really? Okay, well, that's not good. And then she goes, yeah, and then he came back at 11 a.m. this morning. And, okay, yeah, like, and so Heather, as you can tell, is like, uh-oh. We see in a talking head, 
that uh, Dr. Jen explains, Ryan left and walked up the hill last night. And we have a flashback to after that scene, Dr. Jen called Heather that night and let her know, well, Ryan just walked out and he said, I'm not doing this anymore. And he just walked away. And then Heather goes, do you feel like he's being punitive? And Dr. Jen goes, what is, wait, I'm sorry. What is that? What does that mean? What does punitive mean? Um, and then, uh, and then I guess she goes, uh, Dr. Jen goes, then he came back and screamed at me and walked out again. And Dr. Jen says, I feel completely alone right now. And if you watch with the subtitles on, it says somber music because they're playing somber music in the background. Uh, Dr. Jen lets us know it's not even hurt. It's humiliation. It's like he totally humiliates me. She tells Heather she's crying in dilemma. She goes, I need a divorce. And Heather goes, no. And she goes, why? She goes, I don't, Jen, Dr. Jen goes, I don't want to ever do this again or feel like this again. And that is such a relatable statement. It's like the, I don't want to feel like this again, right? That's so relatable. Like, cause you know, when you ever like you're in so much emotion where you're like, I just don't want to feel like this ever again. Like, yes, you're like, whatever it takes, I do not want to be like this ever again. I totally feel that. And Heather goes, this is marriage. You have good years, you have bad years. It's the getting through it process that tests and improves your relationship. Thank you, Heather. Uh, we cut to uh, back to Shannon's house and Shannon letting the ladies know, I've been eating clean. Cleaner than I've ever been in my stomach. It's like air. <laughs> what does that even mean? My stomach. <laughs> if you post Shannon's stomach, she's like the Pillsbury. <laughs> Pillsbury dough, Shannon. <laughs> That's air. Fun, Shannon. <laughs> I've been eating clean. But then Shannon adds in, but I have zero estrogen. Zero. It's biggest Debbie Downer ever. Womp, womp. My stomach is like air, but I have zero estrogen. Dr. Jen and Heather come into Shannon's. It's all hellos and kisses. And, um, you know, Heather Dubrow doesn't like Noella, and Noella definitely doesn't like Heather Dubrow. Heather Dubrow on a talking head says, Every time I see Noella, I say, Hi, how are you? And hope nothing bad happens, though that doesn't work out historically. Shannon opes, opens the gift that Heather Dubrow brought her, and it's a glass bowl, you guys, filled with edibles, marijuana in edible form. And Heather says, I decided to experiment recently with little bites of marijuana, and it is fabulous. And Shannon does really good with them. And we have a flashback to John Jansen's house. John Jansen. I'm John Jansen. My dad doesn't talk to me. I'm John Jansen. Damn it, I'm John Jansen. <laughs> flashback to John Jansen's dinner and Shannon's at the table going Heather taught me something called micro dosing and it works <laughs> hashtag micro she always goes really loud and then really quiet um, we cut to Dr. Jen at this party watching them and Dr. Jen just looks wild like, she's just like, why? She's like, look at her. She's just like, she can just tell. It looks like she's been hit or something. Like, just suck her. Like, she's just like, what's cool? She's just quiet. And she's like, her eyes look like they're on fire. And she goes, I uh, I had a very difficult day. 
And everybody's like, what's wrong? And she goes, um, everyone looks concerned. We cut to commercial. We come back. Um, uh, and Heather jumps in to save her friend. She goes, well, the kids had their first day of school, you know, uh, and Dr. Jen's like, yeah, they loved, uh, cafeteria. They loved, uh, recess. Ryan packed his bags and left last night. And then Heather goes, I thought she wasn't going to talk about it. And Dr. Jen goes, I've been crying for 13 hours. And Heather goes, you don't have to talk about it. You're good. And she was like, I was reaching out for support from him. And he lashed out a very big lash out. And then Emily goes, Shane and I, when we hit 10 years, it was the lowest of lows in our marriage. And believe me, we all watched that season. As you watch that, you really did see it. And we had a flashback in this moment of them fighting and Shane showing her like, shh. But Emily says, but then we managed to make year 12 and 13 the best. So if that was year 10, I really want to see year 11. Year 11 must have been dog shit. 12, but she's like, 12 and 13 are the best. And Dr. Jen goes, how, do you, how did you do it? And Emily's like, it's a lot of work, a lot of counseling, marriage therapy, Mar and Shannon goes, marriage boot camp. And Jen says, we didn't do marriage boot camp. And Shannon goes, with Tina? And Dr. Jen goes, yeah. And then you guys, we had the deep honor of them playing the clips from 2015 of Shannon and David's marriage counselor boot camp. And you see Dr. Tina going, we aren't going to coddle anyone or validate their feelings, Tina says. And then we see... My favorite, one of my favorite housewife scenes ever. You, everybody memes this all the time. It's David Bedore kneeling in front of Here Lies Shannon's grave. So you got a tombstone that says Here Lies Shannon. And there you have Shan live Shannon Bedore laying out like a dead body. And David is like, uh, this is a devastating day for me because I lost my soulmate. And then we see David do the same thing. And Shannon's like, David. You were more of a husband than I can ever imagine. And I don't know what I'm going to do without you. And it's like we all knew these are two people so miserable with each other. Like just so miserable. They did not belong together. And here they are trying to like hover over each other's fake tombstones and say shit. <laughs> it's just so fun to watch. To know where David is now, he's like posing naked in the woods with his new wife and <laughs> Dr. Jen goes, well, that marriage boot camp was really helpful for a couple of weeks with us. And Emily goes, you know what else Shane and I did? And Emily's jumping back in. She's like, you know, we sat down and we wrote out a mission statement. And Heather goes, I love that. And Emily goes, I remember I was at a bagel shop. <laughs> I love that it always revolves around food. I was in a sauna with a turkey sub. No, I remember I was at a bagel shop and we had a bagel and says, you know, I am so unhappy, Shane. You're unhappy too. You know, it's not good for anyone. And that day, Shane, he recommitted to me and our marriage. And we flash back to the scene at the uh, reunion with Andy talking to Shane and Emily where Shane's like revealing, yeah, like, you know, we talked about unconditional love, acceptance and things like that. And that was a real turning point for me. And Emily lets us know that Shane has lived by those words every day since, which you got to hand it to him like that. That's hard for Shane because he can be a miserable prick a lot of the times. 
Gina says, well, we need that too for our friendship, Emily. We need a mission statement. Oh. And Dr. Jen's reactions are so interesting. You really got to watch her in crowd scenes. You can just tell she doesn't have a lot of friends. She's always like, what's going on? I am not used to having this much stimuli away from the office. Um, Shannon's like, let's go inside. Let's eat. Noella goes up to Dr. Jen and goes, I'm truly sorry. He seemed very sweet when we met him in the farmhouse. And then we get a flashback of three weeks ago. The flashback sometimes get, gets too much for me. Three weeks ago, Emily goes, you know, Ryan. They're making fun of Ryan's name. And um, Noella's like, it's a lot. You know, he was very sweet. And Dr. Zen's like, thank you. Thank you. Um, we go in, they're all sitting where their place cards are. Heather goes, the hydrangeas, hydrangeas, hydrang, the hydrangeas are beautiful, Shannon. Shannon's like crunchy. We have a crunchy cucumber salad to start. And Heather says, I would like to give a toast to our wonderful hostess. And Emily says, Dr. Jen, I'm sorry you're sad. And Gina says, you both have to want it in your marriage and you both have to show up. And if only one person's showing up, the other person can't carry that. And I did that for so long. Shannon says, if you're married with someone you love, you know, you, you know, you got to get back to that place that you once were. You know, I was told it was so clear that David was checked out, you know, and I felt uh, I felt that a little bit. But overall, I didn't know he was that checked out. And Shannon and I talking heads says, even though it didn't work out for me, I still believe, you know, call me a hopeless romantic. I live in La La Land. Archie in the background is trying to hang himself. Emily says, uh, you got to be willing to do whatever it takes. And Dr. Jen goes, yeah, therapy, whatever. You got to make it work. And Noella asks, um, was there a prenup? <laughs> everybody's like make it work you guys got this and Noelle's like what about divorce that's an option as well was there a prenup I'm just throwing it out there because I just th went through this it'll be six weeks on Friday I literally was served with divorce papers I had no expectation that we were even in that realm of thought and the ladies were like I don't think that's helpful right now Noella and Shannon says he took it a little too far, maybe. He regrets it, you know. And Emily says, maybe he'll 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 reel it back in and everything will be good. And Gina's like, yeah, he'll say he's sorry to you. And Noella goes, but just in case he doesn't, there is potential that he's getting counsel right now. There's potential that he's lawyering up. Noella, you're such a... This is another Debbie Downer, like, wah, wah. And Emily goes, I think you're jumping too far ahead, Noella. And Noella goes, it just happened to me six weeks ago. And Emily goes, I know. You've said that many times. <laughs> I love Emily getting perturbed. And uh, so uh, she's like, Emily's like, I'm talking about maybe he has to be in that moment that he just left and get, get, get back together. And, you know, and Gina goes, he just left and he's back now. Um, Dr. Jen goes, Ryan comes across as a mellow guy that, you know, all calm and collected, but that is false advertising, you guys. And Shannon goes, welcome to my marriage because David is the most dramatic person I ever met. And Noella says, when I met the ladies, I was still holding on to so much that was going on with Sweet James and myself because we weren't in a good place. So, obviously, it's 
a huge stress. And Emily says, but how was it a huge stressor? You just filed for divorce. And Noella goes, can I finish what I was saying? And Emily goes, I just asked a question. And Noella goes, what is going on? Ah, uh, and like looks directly at Emily. And Emily goes, okay, I'll stop asking. I'm sorry, Noella. I'm sorry. I'm not allowed to ask questions. Okay, Noella. Don't raise your voice at me. Apparently, I'm not allowed to talk about... And then Noella goes, apparently, I'm not allowed to talk about my divorce. And then Emily goes, it's all you talk about. What are you talking about? And Gina's eyes are huge. Her eyes are like, look at me. They're huge eyes. Everyone just like looking like, uh, uh, uh. Dr. Jen says... I'm uh, going to go get more, some more champagne and her and her concrete leg. They get up from the table. Noella says, um, oh, Heather and a talking head goes, Noella, save the diatribe, preferably for when I'm not around. Um, and Noella goes, it's happening live. Live time. I'm sitting across from a woman, Dr. Jen, going through what I just went through. And Gina goes, maybe it's a different, very different situation. We cut to Heather and Jen in the kitchen and Heather goes, really, Dr. Jen, I hate you're talking about this whole divorce thing. And Dr. Jen says, it's not what I want. And then we do a flashback to literally what we just saw in the car ride over. Like we're doing, like guys, why are we doing flashbacks to shit that we how dumb do you think we are? Like, you don't think I can remember 10 minutes ago? Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I probably do need the flashback. Never mind. Dr. Jenna goes, I'm frustrated. He's not participating in the relationship. He won't rub my cement leg. I don't want to fail at this because I love him. Um, it's a very... Emily comes in and goes, it's a very complicated situation. Oh, sorry. No, Emily's out with Noella and Gina and goes, it's a very complicated situation. Noella says, what are you confused about? And Emily's like, fine, I'm confused about everything. I'll just leave it at that. You talk about it, you like to talk about it. And if someone questions you about anything, you get defensive. And that's where I get focused because you are so defensive. And Emily is not wrong, you guys, at all. Like, just not wrong at all. Like, this is the crux of Noella's problems. And this is why... Noella's now pretty much doesn't have anybody on her side except for Shannon, right? It's not a great place. Like, Noella was getting really cocky going up against Heather, and now the cards have fully, you know, fallen. And I think Noella's going to have to start doing some major ass-kissing very soon. So Emily leaves, and Noella goes, says the person storming away and raising their voice. And Emily says, I'm going to go over here and talk to these people because they're nice. And Noella goes, I'm not defensive, Emily. And then she goes, wow, Emily just like another person, someone going ham on me when I least expect it. We cut to Emily, Heather, and uh, Jen. And uh, Emily's steamed and talking about Noella. She's like, you know... You go through the conversations with her about divorce, but if you turn uh, and ask her about something, she gets mad at me. If you challenge her, she gets mad at me. And we go back to Noella talking to Gina, and she's like, I'm here to just keep my nose clean and not just, you know, just eat a fucking piece of chicken. We cut back to Emily saying, you can't monopolize the conversation 
if I have a question. Dr. Jen says, yeah, I mean, when you have to tread water and think about what you just said the time before, people get pissed off. And we cut back to Noella saying, I could tell something was wrong with Dr. Jen. I could tell. And Gina's like, it sucks something was there. It sucks. And Noella tells Gina, she's free now. And Gina's like, no, she's not free. It sucks. And then Noella says one of the creepiest, weirdest things. She goes, seeing the pain in Jen, seeing the pain Jen was going through was really amazing. It was really lovely to see. Like you almost got the sense like a vampire, like Noella was feeding off Dr. Jen's pain, calling it delicious. It was delicious. It was amazing pain, you guys. Emily in the other room says... You know, can we just say it's like she only feels connection with other women when they're going through something horrible and traumatic. And maybe she needs to, like, find other connections. And Heather says, putting out someone else's candle doesn't make yours burn brighter. Thank you, Heather Debro. Shannon, at this point, whispers to Heather. And she's like, I don't want to be rude, but let's go have a cookie. And Heather goes, oh, okay, I'll handle this for you. And she tells Dr. Jan and Emily, she goes... In the interest of Shannon's lunch, the cookies are going to be served, so let's go sit down. And Emily says, should I take a Valium or a Xanax? And Shannon screams, microdose! Take a microdose, Emily! We got fucking Cheech and Chong over here. We got, uh, you know, Mauricio from Beverly Hills and Shannon Bedore. And Shannon goes, you guys wait. I'm going to bring it. The weed. And Archie's just laying there, God. Like, just kill me. Just put me out of my damn misery. If I have to watch this girl get freaked out on edibles again. Heather says, uh, I'm going to be arrested. Oh, wait. Weed's legal now. Shannon and I talking that says, I've never been a big fan of pot because I want to be in control. But microdosing can take the edge off a little bit. And the producer goes, well, how's it different than smoking a blunt or hitting a bong? And she's like, what's a blunt? What did you say? What? Is that a joint? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> she just laughs. <laughs> we see Heather unwrapping the edible. And Shannon's like, Noella took half of it last time. And then Heather goes, she can't bogart it like that. Okay, bro. <laughs> don't bogart it, dog. Shannon's like, hee 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 She's already high. She's like, hee hee. And Shannon's like, you do the first bite. You do the first bite. And they're like little, little nibbles. Like little nibbles. Like how is anybody getting high? Like Shannon's like, hee. She's salivating. She's like, let me bite Heather. Hee hee hee. Fun Shannon needs your medicine. Hee hee hee. And she's like, I take a tiny micro bite. And Emily goes, uh, thanks. You know, I don't, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Um, I'm good. And, uh, so Shannon goes, who was crying when they got in the private plane and said, you know, but then took this and, and I can do it. Shannon, because Shannon's saying that she was scared of flying on a private plane, but now that she microdoses, she's good. And Shannon goes, I now, Shannon goes, I have, a, I now have a drug dealer named Heather DeBro, which I can't believe Heather doesn't sue her for. Um, but also Shannon, you can get edibles anywhere in Los Angeles. <laughs> Heather DeBro does it like I love the th it's like the same thing with my dad like they don't realize this shit is easily accessible now because they went through their lives having to like I don't know you know it's like you Shannon you can walk into any store you can buy eight packages of what you had Shannon's all giggly though I've never seen her it's like 
weed really should be Shannon's thing because with alcohol, she gets like, she has like a hundred yard stare. It's just like she, it loosens her up, but like, she's just like gone. Weed, she still seemed present, but she de- definitely seemed all giggly and happy. I dug it. And Dr. Jen goes, can, can I do the weed another time when I'm not in an emotional disaster? Uh, 10 minutes later, we have Heather hugging Shannon. And they're like, whoa, I'm fully on drugs, micro-dosing. And Shannon's like, I can squat. Gina, watch me squat. Shannon literally poops on the floor. No, Shannon goes, I can squat. And Emily goes, you can squat lower than me. And Shannon goes, am I firm? <laughs> Gina goes, yeah, you're firm. And Emily's fully feeling Shannon's ass right now. And it made me so uncomfortable. You see Archie in the background trying to open a door to escape, but he doesn't have opposable thumbs. And Shannon goes, I'm going to pee my pants. <laughs> More with this weak pelvic floor of Shannon's. Shannon says, can you pass the cookies? And they do that thing where they make her voice lower, like, I'm high, it's slowing down. Gina asks Emily, are you okay? And Noella says to Emily, I adore you. I don't want it to be all weird with us. And then Emily goes, then let me ask questions and don't take it so personally. And then Noella goes, well, you, uh, okay, um, uh, gosh, and then in a talking head, Noella goes, I'm trying to show you girls that I'm woosa. I'm good. And then she does, she does an annoying laugh. Like She does an annoying laugh in the talking head like Emily and Gina are the crazy ones. And I feel like she thinks everybody's going to side with her. Like, you fucking said woosa, and you're like, woosa, I'm good. I'm trying to show the girls that I'm woosa. Ugh. And then uh, Noelle's like, whoo, Emily is testing me right now. Dr. Jen says, Shannon, can I just say, I thank you so much for this lunch today. I was spiraling and this really helped me and I really appreciate it. Um, And then, uh, you know, Shannon does a boat. Shannon does a toast and goes to lunch. And Noella won't raise her glass. And she's like, seven years of bad sex. I can't afford that right now. Comico. Uh, and then Shannon goes, okay, muchas gracias. I'm high. New scene. We are at the Pretend City Children's Museum. Gina and Emily and their kids are there, which I thought would be funny if Gina and Emily are just at Pretend City Children's Museum without kids. They just like, that's their hangout spot. Um, Gina says, it's kind of nice that the kids can just run around and we can talk. Um, and I was trying to remember places like that. I remember in elementary school, we went to this place where they taught you like it was like a play like, it was like a small town where you got assigned a job and they actually paid you and you had a little checkbook like i remember this vividly in elementary school and it like taught you like adult things and i was like this is so cool look at me balancing a checkbook i worked at the post office it was i i was i still remember this i mean that's great i remember uh, yeah learning to balance a checkbook does anybody even do that anymore um so they're at Playtown, and Gina says, that lunch at Shannon's was weird. Emily says, I'm still, I was still mad when I left. And Gina says, well, I was just trying to help Jen. And then Noella keeps interjecting to just talk about herself. And Emily's like, does she ever ask about me or Annabelle? And uh, Gina's like, yeah, it's, 
the first time she ever knew about Caragala. And I guess Caragala is is Gina's new skincare line. Um, and we see a flashback of Noella seeing, you know, her saying about the skincare line. And Noella goes, I actually had no idea about that. Um, and a flashback to Gina talking about her skincare line and Heather going, that is amazing. And Noella's like, I actually had no idea. And Emily says, it's bizarre to me. She didn't even know you were starting a business. And then Gina goes, Caragala is my new skincare company. I've been working on it for a year and a half. I actually had a lot of personal, um, you know, problems with my skin, you know, and it affected my confidence. And I I wanted to share that with the other women. And Gina says, "Uh, did you see the look on Shannon's face when I said the skincare? She looked visibly irritated at me. And we cut to that scene again, and Heather says, so exciting. And Shannon just, like, saying, wow. But, like, I didn't take that as a slide. I took that as Shannon was, like, microdosing. And Gina's like, it's very Shannon. It reeks of Shannon. It should be a fragrance. Jealousy. It's all bullshit. All Shannon. Um, One of their spawns walks up to at the playground and says, you know, you guys, I'll order you a sandwich. I don't know. Kids. So we cut to um, Heather and her daughter Kat, who we met at the very beginning at, at Nobu. They are gardening together in their big million dollar mansion garden or whatever, you know, just mother daughter gardening. Um, this is what you do in a million dollar mansion. And Kat says, Mom, I was looking for other decorations because I'm thinking of taking my lesbian flag down in my room. Uh, I got a comment the other day on TikTok because I had it in my bio as well. And Heather's like, you can comment on TikTok? And she's like, yeah, I have a rainbow flag in my bio. And somebody was like, you're 14 and you already do this? What the fuck? And Heather says, because uh, you're worried about what other people will say? And Kat's like, yeah, sometimes it's, it's really embarrassing. And Heather's like, but all your friends know you're gay. And she goes, yeah, when you, you come out, negativity is unavoidable, but it really hurts and you aren't prepared for that. So when it does happen negatively, it hits you like a bus, which is just so well-spoken for a 14-year-old. And Heather goes, well, it's your room, Kat. I want you to be happy and, and, and be confident in who you are. I mean, truly amazing mothering by Heather. No joke there. And she's like, keep your big flag up. Why do you care what one person says? And Kat goes... She laughs. She's like, I I don't know, I guess. And Heather says, they can go F themselves for all I'm concerned. And Kat's like, yeah, that's true. And she goes, Kat goes, at first I was very insecure in my sexuality until I got support from my family. I became proud and became more comfortable with myself. And Heather's like, my life was so different when I was your age, Kat. And she's like, like what? And she goes, well, I mean, you know, my parents were great. They did the best. You know, they were all sorts of, you know, we were sorts of products of our environment. Grandma is very 1950s. You know, we don't talk about everything and our feelings. And she goes, I'm so glad that I have this relationship with you, Kat, and your siblings. And you can be so honest. And I have learned so much from you at this age. At my age, I'm still trying to grow and be self-actualized and a better person and learn more. And you know who you are. A f- um, and, you, and you know who you are, Kat. So fly your flag damn high. 
And Heather in a talking head says, everyone wants to be loved and accepted. And at the base minimum, your parents should do that for you. And she's tearing up. Uh, we cut back to the garden and Kat, her daughter, has the biggest smile. And Heather said, Heather in a talking head says, the thought of children that some parents won't accept come to my house which by the way when she was like come to my house if your parents don't accept like my parents accept me I'm not even gay but like I'm willing to say I'm gay and willing to say that I don't have parents just so I can be taken in by other Debro. like I'd be like I heard you this week you said come over to your house so here I am <laughs> kind of a big kid <laughs> where is the where do I do I do I crash in Terry's office what's going on okay yeah I know where everything is I watched the show where's uh do you guys have Diet Coke do you have a yogurt machine, Heather? Where, hey, where can I get my sweat on in this place, huh? <laughs> I have gas today. Do you guys have a fan or something? Oof, wow. Hey, cat. It's me. I'm Ryan. What's up, man? What's up? No, I'm sorry. What's up? I love you. Where? I love your flag. I, I have one, too. Um. Uh, so th this is actually a really beautiful scene. Uh, Heather goes, your confidence is interesting. It's smart, Kat. You know who you are, and it's so amazing to watch. So thank you for teaching me. And then Kat's like, well, thank you for being there for me, and I wouldn't be able to be this confident without you for a mom. And they hug, and they're both in the talking head together, and they're like, you're so sweet. No, you're so sweet. And then Kat's like, but I also need to get money to get my flags. <laughs> and Heather's like, oh, so I'm the money train. I get that. It's fine. You truly are the money train. Uh, new scene. Shannon's at a restaurant meeting Emily. And she's like, can I get a shot of Casamigos Anejo? Shannon's doing straight up shots. Jen comes in with the cement leg. She's very busty in this scene. She was very, and there was like, like pearls like hanging off her shoulders, but it was very busty. Um, Dr. Jen's like, I need a dirty martini, filthy. I want filthy, not even dirty. And I want fish and chips, Dr. Jen says. And Shannon says, the dirty martinis and the fried food. It's not a good day for Dr. Jen. I've been there. Bring on the fried food in her Shannon loud voice. Bring on the cocktails. And they're talking. They're like, what happened once you left Shannon's uh, with Ryan? And, and Dr. Jen was like, he was sweet. We fell asleep holding hands on the couch. And that was nice. But we haven't really had a big conversation. The food is getting delivered. Um, and she lets them know, you know, me and Ryan, we had a great time dating. But we had three babies and got married afterwards. And then we had the whole crisis with my ex-boyfriend's lawsuit. So we had all these big hits that we went through which caused us to be this way to one another. So, you know, it's just different. Shannon says, I love that you're in a position that I was in to fight for your family. And Dr. Jen says, my whole family fell apart when my father died. And I was just so ambitious to have a family. I would say, you know, anxious even. I, I, I want it now. I want the family now. And Emily says, yeah, you had a piece of family missing with your dad and you were trying to replace it. And she says, I met Ryan a couple years after my father died. It was light and breezy and that is what attracted me to him. But now it's a roadblock because he can't go deep. He's just the light and breezy guy. And Emily says, have you spoken to anyone since the luncheon? And, oh, sorry, Shannon says that. And Emily goes, well, I saw Gina today. We went to Pretend City together. And Emily, Emily just loves asking awkward questions. She's like, Shannon, do you get jealous of Gina's relationship with Heather? Shannon immediately says, no. And she goes, I, I, no, I mean, I have my own relationship with Heather. If she 
If she asked me to go to New York, I would say, no, I'm not. I Like Gina, no, I can't. I'm exhausted. You think I'm acting jealous? You tell Shannon's completely thrown. And then Emily's like, no. I mean, she told me at your lunch when she talked about her skincare line, she noticed you got really jealous. And Shannon goes, that is an asshole comment to make. I have my own skincare line and I don't talk about it. And I'm excited for Gina. And I've told her that. I love that Shannon has a secret skincare line. Can you imagine that? I have a... I do not tell people about my skincare line. I have that company just for fun. That is a private company that I don't even sell it. I just have a skincare company. I don't even make money off. I just do it for myself. And Shannon's like, where from the sky is this being pulled from? Emily says, well, maybe because you look not happy. And that's why Gina said something. And we get a flashback of, you know, Shannon going, I'm so excited for you, so excited. But she's kind of saying it monotonely. But once again, Shannon was high. Shannon says, I have a lot of stuff on the plate. And skincare is like one of 10 things I have on plates. So if Gina's doing a skincare line, more power to her. And Emily says, well, no, like Heather and Gina are close instead of you and her close. Does that bother you? And she says, Gina's ego, I'm sorry, she needs to put a little pin on it. And Emily says, every time I sit down with her, uh, no, sorry, Shannon says, with Emily, every time I sit down with Emily, she stirs the pot. And Shannon goes, I'm into, uh, you know, I'm sorry to disappoint you, but I'm not jealous. And then Shannon's like, what the fuck? I'm fucking wheeling right now. It pisses me off. Like full Shannon on 20. Next time, we get a baptism, of uh, emotional baptism. Gina and her ex are at the orthodontist together. Um, John Jansen is uh, being told a story by Shannon. And he's like, Gina, who does she think she is? I'm John Jansen. Uh, Gina and Emily talking about Shannon. And then we see Dr. Jen wasted at a dinner with Heather. And Ryan says, you need to stop drinking. And Heather looks like, what? What? And Dr. Jen's like, this is really good wine. Can you angulate your chair? Can you angulate your chair, Ryan? Uh, you're fucking amazing. I love you. And that's it, you guys. Oh, my God. We did two hours and 20 minutes. You guys, that will tide you over. Oh, wow. Why did I even take one day off? You ended up getting like 10 hours of content this week. Two hours and 20 minutes. Thank you guys for letting me get that all out. Like a Like a demon being exercised. You guys, like I always say at the end of Friday episodes, I hope you have the best weekend ever. I truly do. I hope you do something so kick-ass tonight or even mellow or whatever you need. I hope you get the relaxation. I hope you get the excitement. I hope you get to talk to your family, your loved ones, hang out with your kids or make a baby even. Who knows? Eat good food, drink good wine or booze or just sodas or water or whatever. But just do everything that this great world has to offer get outside go inside watch the tv listen to the music um and 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 uh, think about me at some point this weekend <laughs> think about me i'll be here naked in my bed no uh if anybody does anything crazy though please email me i love to hear people's stories um and and i'll talk to you bright and early on monday with sophie ross and i can't wait for next week already with you guys um that's it what a week okay my dog is fully snoring. Brooklyn, you want to say goodbye? Oh my God, the cutest little snore. Betches.